let me spit on your face. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to like, I was a seven year old. (laughs) Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Yeah, howdy. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Hello. And today we're going to continue the series of best of the years we've been alive, and we're going to get, we're all the way to 2013. Oh, look at that. I've been impaled. It's the same feeling I had about Mardi Gras 1987. Look at me, sure. I'm the captain now. My name is Khan. <laughs> Mother Nature is a serial killer. No one's better. My name is Tony Stark, and I'm not afraid of you. I will not die sober. Get those fucking loads! Wow. That's that's recent. Yeah. This is, all these movies came out after we started doing cinema. That's right. That's That's right. Well, and even in the last one, we were starting to talk about videos we'd done and stuff. And it's like, I was like, wow, we have gotten to this point, haven't we? It's pretty pretty crazy. And most of the movies that we're going to mention here in the top, like, 50-so box office, we've done these. (laughs) We've done these. (laughs) Um, But um, it's a hard year to start off with anything, really, but I I feel like the phenomenon of 2013 was frozen. Oh, yeah. I think ultimately you're right. Yeah, there were three movies that made over $400 million domestically uh, in 2013. Hunger Games Catching Fire, which we're not going to spend much time on today. <laughs> Iron Man 3, which we all oh. realize is uh, not, a, not a very good movie. But Frozen made 400 right on the dot. Uh, huge phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Music um it was the big thing i believe mm-hmm. really that's what really got people in i mean they re-released this thing with the i think the lyrics and the little dot going across yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. type of stuff <laughs> yeah they did all that that. Was, that music was so everywhere that I, we went to see it opening weekend Holy maybe shit. that maybe that saturday morning and there were kids all in that auditorium that were singing along to it oh wow. I, I don't know if they'd seen it the night before if there was a pre-release or something like that but like there was this cacophony of like, do you want to build a snowman? I was like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. You know how <laughs> watch this movie. How big a phenomenon it was was that Pearl Jam covered "Let It Go" at one of their concerts. Oh, my. Really? Yes, and it's terrible. Oh, it's my. just it's just him screaming, "Let It Go!" Exactly what you would expect Pearl Jam covering "Let It Go." That to sounds sound like. horrible. Oh my god! But you know that's how big a phenomenon it was. Yeah. Um. And. Ultimately, I didn't understand why it was so huge movie-wise. Um, I mean, I, I think it was... I, I, I definitely had fun. I didn't think it was a bad movie or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was just... It was one, it's one of those phenomenon, you know, it's a phenomenon. So you just sit there and go, okay, this must be great. Yeah. And it just never felt great to me in the whole the whole time. Very similar to Tangled for me. I like them both. I think they're both charming. I don't think either one of them like is perfect. And you're right. I don't know why one became, you know, phenomenon and the other one was just a big hit. Yeah. Um, and there's maybe no way to kind of predict that kind of yeah, I don't know. But I, I do know. think the music had a lot. The to music do was mm-hmm. the biggest thing, I feel like. And then you have Josh Gad. I mean, he was great as Olaf. You yeah, know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a perfect casting. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. He's got that cartoon voice already, basically. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It just 
never wasn't really ultimately like my big cup of tea. It is another movie though where like they need true love's kiss at the end. Yeah, and I I was just watching Enchanted with my wife last night on TV, and there's Disney's making fun of that whole song like I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss, and this was years before Frozen, and they still go back to it. Yeah, they there was a what was it a few years ago before this they started talking about like we're not going to stop doing movies with princesses in them and then the first like one of the first hand-drawn animated ones they did in a long time was the princess and the frog yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like tangled was basically a princess movie and then this is a princess movie and like it, they they decided they i think somebody finally just said no princess movies are bread and butter they yeah. make us a lot of money they yeah. make a ton of money and you, i mean when you have a voice cast like this that with josh gad and with Kristen bell mm-hmm. and adina menzel yeah. all of whom have you know broadway chops yeah and that let it go song man and it's a great song mm-hmm. it's it's a really fun song i mean she did perform it at the oscars the following year and that's when john travolta yeah. screwed up her name yeah so badly. i can't even remember what he called her know, it, was it was a was horrible mass of consonants <laughs> that didn't make any sense i think he said india didn't he no he <laughs> didn't even say that i don't think he even said close <laughs> yeah like that but i mean yeah. it, no it, it was really because adina menzel i mentioned this a few episodes ago she was in that mo- in the movie rent yeah yeah and a very different character you know she's this big bohemian and everything and to see her in the ice queen mode was was kind of in animated form was kind of interesting yeah another big one that came out uh that i i think we definitely will talk a lot about here and it sort of set up uh i I think a really good precedent gravity came out in 2013 um gravity uh sort of set the tone for like us getting one of these every year almost like now. a good sci-fi space. really good sci-fi space like you know and where they actually think about the science of it yeah. a lot and everything and um gravity is one of the few movies that i've watched that uh that 3d was good mm-hmm. and and watching it on the imax was totally worth it um and it's really just the simplest of stories too it's it's basically cast away in space yeah exactly and uh but uh but like yeah i mean i really enjoyed this uh a great deal because it's smart and it you know it sort of thinks about its problems in a different way other than like let's make sure that she's in danger all the time with some of the stupidest things ever it's also terrifying yes Yes, it is like this movie makes me anxious in and I mean that as a compliment because mm-hmm. uh, if the realism look is there, so you really believe, oh fuck, she's all alone, she's gonna die. And those those first couple times the debris come through and start tearing shit up is just it's like a horror movie almost. Yeah, very minimal music too. Yep. All you hear yeah. is that. Yeah. Um. I do, I do not like how they somehow get George Clooney back into this movie <laughs> to help but her he's out. Her Wilson, yeah, exactly. It is. It he, he is. <laughs> he is. But they, you know, I mean, yeah, we can all say that she came up with the uh, the ideas on her own because he she's hallucinating him and all this other type of stuff. But it still feels in the movie like George Clooney is helping her. You know figure these mansplaining, things mansplaining uh, mansplaining yeah. yes it also yeah. feels like well we better get our money's worth and squeeze another scene there's with him in there. and i imagine that's probably most of it too really when it comes down to which is it. funny because it's only 90 minutes yeah but it's it is absolutely terrifying like i was sweating this entire movie mm-hmm. uh from the moment where 
she gets jarred loose from that thing and just starts flipping into space. Yeah. Yeah. That is horrifying. Right. Well, man. and I don't think a lot of people think about what that would be like if you were to like start spinning around. Like pe- people, I think, sort of, well, I spin around here on the earth and yeah. it doesn't feel, I mean, it, I, I'd easily be able to find my bearings yeah. again. No, it's not like that yeah. at all. You know, they did a little bit of that with the Martian, too. Yeah. Yep. Where, you know, it's just like, don't get into that situation because you don't know where you might be at that point. But yeah, the whole zero gravity thing in uh, Alfonso Cuaron actually mm-hmm. spent a lot of time making sure that those rules were, were followed. I don't know if all of them were followed, like Neil deGrasse Tyson pointed out in the sense video, but like, man, uh, he, he did an amazing job. Yeah. And uh, I had the same feeling at the end of this where like, finally I like I exhaled mm-hmm. as I did with children of men, yeah. uh, which I guess is his forte He's is just really taking you on this anxiety trip. Yeah. And you feel, you feel exhausted afterwards, yeah. but, uh, it's great. It's exhilarating. Great ending too. I mean, mm. it doesn't, it doesn't end with, you know, like a thousand people cheering yeah. as she's, you know, and all that. It just, it basically, she just walks off into this, like, there's nobody there waiting right. for her. And that's how it ends. It yeah. just, she's, you know, she's basically still, I mean, it's just one of those, I love that ending so much because it could just, it would have cheapened it to have. And of course she is, she did like what she fell down in China, basically. Yeah, I think it's China. You know, it would well, in the water too, in the water, which yeah. is great because it puts a whole different spin of, okay, you're on earth. We should mm-hmm. all relax. Then she's still in peril. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Apparently those things are supposed to land on land too. The, the one, the chi- the, whatever the Chinese mm-hmm. space, the, the, whatever that is supposed it's supposed to land on land but mm-hmm. it lands in water um but um anyway love that movie and that was that was a that was a great one uh alfonso Cuaron actually won best director in the oscar race but we had another split because 12 years a slave won best picture no talk about mm. a movie that's hard to watch yeah tough it's this a tough movie one. wants you to feel uncomfortable uh and succeeds <laughs> yeah uh in in those the, at least those two scenes for me the scene where he's getting beat with the basically a paddle mm-hmm. where it just doesn't stop it's like mel gibson in the patriot times 10 he just mm-hmm. keeps hitting him and then the other one where <laughs> the person is hanging yeah toes touching the ground and twisting while everybody in the background just goes about their lives yeah and it's a really uncomfortable length and i i get it like i think it has to be in order to be visceral enough for a movie going audience to to try and somehow empathize with these characters and the actual shit they had to go through yeah um but boy it's like i think i've said before i probably won't ever watch it again i think he's great in it um fassbender's great in it yeah she will tell you for yeah um brad pitt is basically jesus um Mm -hmm. yeah well see and that was my biggest problem with the movie is brad pitt showing up and being like white jesus yeah white jesus basically you know and he's like he's like he's like the it's almost like he's a 2013 liberal sitting in this movie from mm. the 1800s or whatever. <laughs> you know, I always feel uncomfortable when I see like that kind of like, I'm sure there were people like that back in the 1860s or whatever, yeah. but, but like it's, yeah, him, he's the producer of the film too. Right. So it, it's another one of those things where you're like, are you just going to insert yourself and be the hero? Aren't you? Um, another great performance by Michael Fassbender in this yep. too. 
Yeah, yep, he's, he's on a, fire. He is he is such a bastard in this movie. And he has a big dick. And yes, yes. Well, <laughs> and this is Steve McQueen who directed Shame, directed right. this. I can't imagine. I mean, both these mo- both those movies are super uncomfortable, but I can't imagine like more of a difference in like what you're going to do from your f- first movie to your next movie. Yeah. And this one's like super deviant sexual perversion and then you're going to go to like, you know, horrible slavery time. Yeah. Yeah. and everything like that but um yeah i i think i think uh we're all the same in here it's kind of an it's an uncomfortable movie and it's great yep but it's also something i don't need to watch more than once probably yep i agree all right what what else you guys got i want to talk a little bit about her yeah oh yeah i love this movie oh my god and this is one of those movies that I didn't see in 2013. Mm-hmm. I, I think we ended 2013 and I said, well, Gravity is the best movie I saw. And then sometime after that, I saw her mm-hmm. on Blu-ray at home. Maybe the gut punchiest of all gut punchy movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I adore this movie. Mm-hmm. This, I want to go to this place, this mood, this feeling. Um, I love all of the small near future details that yeah. sort of exist in the background to help you sort of buy this reality where we've advanced to the point with you know siri where your entire operating system can have a relationship with you if yeah you and more than one person is experimenting with that and we're following one of them oh my god this movie is just it's awesome but it broke my heart yeah joaquin phoenix in one of his best Talk ever about being on fire man. oh yeah absolutely um this is one of his best ever because he just I don't know if I had ever seen him like this before where he was just kind of sad and lonely yeah. and and uh, the scene with him and Olivia Wilde is so devastating yeah. because he's sitting there he's he's very unsure about what to say and everything and and part of that probably has to do with the fact that he's got this, you know, Siri thing back home that's yeah. like whatever but but uh but Olivia Wilde who's as gorgeous as it gets, he can't come up with the right words and she's like finally she's just like you're a really creepy dude <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? and it's so devastating because they have such a great date mm. up until the point where she's like let's see each other again but he's just so socially awkward and yeah. everything and that's the the thing and and here he has this you know girlfriend quote unquote that never judges him that knows everything about him yeah and uh and there's you can be- you actually believe he's in love with this voice and her with him yeah and i think yeah. one of the most remarkable things about this movie is their chemistry yeah. specifically because they recorded this film with another actress it's somebody famous i don't remember who it was oh really and after everything was shot they brought in scarlett johansson and ah. she reread the role uh like she wasn't even with walking phoenix when she recorded her audio wow and yet like it there's real chemistry there yeah recorded months apart yeah that fascinates well, me well that's an interesting conception of this is spike jones I believe, yes right? yeah yes it is it's an interesting conception because every time when when you get into this kind of um fantasy of robots and humans you think about like sexual robots and stuff like that yeah but you can totally buy that you don't have to have that physical intimacy to to fall in love with some sort of you know ai mm, you know right. you can actually interact psychologically and that can become the basis of 
of actually like a satisfying relationship yeah. down the road. And it doesn't have to be like some weird, you know, sex robot thing. Yeah. And it's uh, it's one of those movies they easily could have slipped into some really uh, crappy territory because Amy Adams is like a secondary potential romantic interest in this movie and they could have had it where he's has a, an affair with her or whatever yeah and they don't go to that line or whatever another also great uh chris pratt uh, oh yeah uh sh- you know shows up in this and what- you think he's gonna be the asshole yeah and by the end he's kind of cool they're yeah. kinda like buddies but uh he i mean he's uh Wang Gang phoenix has got a really interesting job he writes greeting cards yeah. he writes no he writes letters yeah that's right direct from one person to another from people who aren't eloquent right and he's so eloquent, <laughs> his letters move people to tears. Yeah, and it's uh, and and it's just a crazy like I, I love that just quirk. He's not mm-hmm. like a Wall Street broker or something yeah. like it's really sexy to put into a movie. You well, know? and I love how he he has what real life couples in love don't have the eloquence of the written word and they have what he doesn't have yep. an actual yeah. relationship yeah um and I, I always found that fascinating um rooney mara's even in this mm-hmm. as his ex yeah uh, and that's a, a devastating scene too yep it is and you know i guess for a couple beats the movie hints they might go reconcile or something but uh God, I love this. Movie this is so a much. yeah. This is a real special movie. Spike Jones wrote and directed this, mm. and it's just sort of that same, you know, territory that he'd been doing with being John Malkovich mm. and all that with Charlie Kaufman. But man, yeah, this is more emotional though. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, uh, Charlie Kaufman, yeah, is, tends to try to go for the weird yeah, and, yeah. and and the the oddball, whatever. This is is sort of oddball, but it's sweetly oddball mm-hmm. and everything. And yeah, we can't recommend this movie enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what else? You mentioned Wall Street Brokers. How about Wolf of Wall Street? Good God. Love this movie. I love this movie so much, man. It had me from the get-go. It's long, Mm -hmm. and there's periods where you could tell that it's just being stretched out a little bit too thin, Mm -hmm. but- I love every part of this movie. Yeah. It was it grabbed you by the nards and just <laughs> held on for the entirety of the runtime. Yeah. It's almost like an actionless action movie, isn't yeah. it? Like yeah. the adrenaline is all from the drugs and the partying lifestyle and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think where this movie finally hooked me completely was that scene about the dwarf tossing yes. and going over the legalese of what, that the, what they are. Scene is so funny. That's so funny. They just keep on referring it to the, these things, these things, man. You know, it's like, you know, and they talk about all these, they, they just talk out of their ass about what these things will do. And yeah, there's something refreshing about it because they're unencumbered by any kind of, political morality. Cor- yeah morality <laughs> morality or political rec- correctness because they can just say whatever they want and no pull no punches and uh and yeah this this movie is bonkers man it's just so, everything that makes a movie rated r is in this movie absolutely yeah um, i mean because you've got hinge points where like it starts off as a regular narrative and then you hit that matthew mcconaughey scene yeah 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 in in the cafe and it's just like what the fuck is this mm-hmm. and then you have the introduction of jonah hill's character and where he's like i want you to smoke crack with me <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like what and, and like it keeps going up another gear and another gear oh it's great <laughs> uh, um it was samantha morton by the way on her who recorded oh, the audio really? first and then was replaced by interesting yeah. sorry to interject there we can keep talking about what of wall street if you but want. uh sure. you know what's funny spike jones is in wolf of wall street he is he's Where's in he? that uh he's in that where uh dicaprio goes to the uh cheaper 
after he oh, after the, penny the big stock thing? the penny stock yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. It seemed like Spike Jones does this. Uh, like he's done this a couple of times. He was in Three Kings, and then he had Being John Malkovich in the same year, yeah. and then he does this. But yeah, Wolf of Wall Street is just endlessly entertaining. The and, and yeah, we don't want people to be like this. <laughs> but if they're gonna be like this, we definitely want to see their stories. Yeah. So it's, it kind of puts us in a bad position, doesn't it? Because <laughs> this guy is profiting off of this movie. You know? yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, there's so many. I love how he nonchalantly sees a helicopter that crashes in the ocean yep. that was supposed to save him. A plane. Was it a plane? Yeah, the plane crashes in the ocean. Well, the plane crashes, and then you just hear him go, Did you see that? Yeah, that was the plane that was supposed to come get him. Yeah. And then he just, and then he doesn't even, he doesn't mourn those people or anything. He just gets another idea to do something shady or whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, this movie, I love it so much. And uh, you got a great cast in here. Jonah Hill getting his second nomination, mm. um, rightfully so, absolutely. Um, but just like Jeremy was saying, he's in that manic mode again. Yep. This time he gets rewarded for it. But yeah. uh, Margot Robbie makes a stunning, like basically, I guess it's more of an american debut yeah I mean, but uh, yeah she's great in it and uh just a whole good just group of like supporting actors yeah john bernthal yeah yeah it's great i mean he's the ultimate salesman yeah. he's like you know sell me this pen he's like i need your signature what, what, what do you need all right you need a fucking pen yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. isn't rob reiner in this rob reiner, oh, who rob has, reiner has, has a great uh, moment with uh dicaprio where dicaprio is like oh the girls they're they're, they're shaving everything it's like, it's like he's like no bush huh no bush <laughs> yeah. and then uh kyle chandler's in this too yeah right? yeah, yeah he's, like he's FBI the agent he's the guy after. tracking yeah. him down yeah. yeah it's really good it's one of those movies that you kind of have to be in the right mood for mm-hmm. you kind of have to want to go excessive hard r yeah. uh and i have those times and this is a good fill for that <laughs> yeah and uh and this was a movie where a lot of people walked out too they were expecting you know i guess less than what was going on in the trailer well that's the scorsese factor right mm-hmm. is just taking it up like a goodfellas level you know mm-hmm. where it just builds and builds and builds and builds to crazy levels yeah i'm not sure if i've ever seen dicaprio this funny before no i haven't no yeah i think you're right yeah I mean, uh, usually, I mean, I mean, he may have been, I can't even remember anything he was this funny at. Growing Pains. Yeah, Growing Pains. That was it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Snowpiercer. Oh. Yep. <clears throat> this, this is one of the biggest smiles I ever had on my face coming out of a movie. And it was just because of how completely unexpected the entire experience was. Uh, everything down to the performance, uh, the, the concept, uh, fucking tilda swinton um i just i had never seen anything like this and i just really really enjoyed that ride i re- i realize in hindsight it's not perfect but i've probably seen it eight nine times i like mm-hmm. to watch it mm-hmm. yeah uh this is a, a really good action picture now obviously as you go as you watch it more and more you're like okay there's some <laughs> things in here that are kind of bullshit but uh but like yeah the, i mean this is just a this is just a great action movie because they've they sort of thought of everything right like once the train turns and there's their two sides facing each other we talked about that before um even that even right before that where they're i think it's before that where they have that basically black and white almost 
almost strobey fight with the Axeman yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. of where the train's going and the light that is yeah. or is not getting into the car. Um, just really, really, lots of really cool, unique new visuals. Yeah, and like every new car is a new world, basically. Yeah. And uh, it's a video game. Yeah, it really is a video game. You know, uh, the the one thing about Snowpiercer, uh, it gets very long winded by the end of it. Sure, with Ed Harris doing his thing, and I actually mm-hmm. pegged Ed Harris to be the guy at the end of the train <laughs> because there was some very truman truman show-esque type of things going on in the movie and i was like you know what it would wouldn't surprise me one bit if ed harris is at the end of this train and sure enough he was yeah and uh, i um i love the the two they pick up that are basically drug fiends that oh yeah everything they do and would be rewarded with this uh, what's it called cron or chrome yeah, or something yeah. like that and then at the very end they make a bomb out of it that yeah. saves the day. And you're like, holy shit, all along they were planning that. They, they, they do like to do the drug. They do yeah. seem to enjoy the drug's effects, but they weren't completely out of their minds like I thought they were. It's also one of those type of sci-fi movies that, you know, it sort of gives you like the slightest bit of details of what's going on outside of the train. And you wonder if there is any hope at the end. And I think they have laid a little bit of a groundwork by mm. the end of it that says... That, yeah, maybe there are some people who survived that are still out there because there's a polar bear at the end. Yeah. Um, but if no one else has survived, then they're, they're getting off the train is actually very like uh, hollow because yeah. there's, it's a grown, <laughs> it's a grown, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. uh, woman and a, and a, you know, a, a young boy. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to be able to like, yeah, do anything there i famously said to you yes you did i know what you're about to say she's not gonna fuck him is she yeah. <laughs> i mean oh, so they're gonna propagate the species i mean i mean maybe if he's like you know like you know once he turns 18 or something i don't know like the jessica alba bruce willis thing in sin city yeah <laughs> kind of like God. that yeah. yeah um one movie i wanted to get to when we were talking about her scarlett johansson was also in under the skin which is oh yeah uh, a really trippy ass movie and normally i would probably just you know talk about this in passing when we get to the when we need to talk about all the other stuff we need to talk about but this is a very interesting sci-fi movie and i can't say that i know everything that really happened and have you seen this yeah i saw it uh, late one night so i didn't register but she's uh, this, she's got a scottish accent in this right does she she's uh, she's an alien and uh she's inhabiting this this body for right now yeah it's it's like that and then she doesn't really know who she is mm-hmm. really and there's like a big like scene like three quarters of the way through where she sort of like discovers like oh i'm not really this woman or whatever mm-hmm. but but yeah it it's uh it's a really strange movie because it's basically this alien that keeps picking up these guys who are basically just like uh losers or they're they they're not very good with women or something about them has you know that makes them unattractive or whatever and she comes up and's like you know basically flirting with them and all this other type of stuff and they're like man i hit the jackpot how in the world did i get somebody who looks like scarlett johansson and then she takes them back to this like lair and it's just nothing but this inky black thing and mm. she keeps like beckoning them towards and then as, as they as they go towards her they just kind of sink down into this black stuff or whatever and then then it's the end of them basically they don't do it nope oh um never mind yeah (laughs) well for scarlett johansson fans i mean yeah there's some scenes in there that they'll appreciate 
<laughs> and it's her Scottish accent. It's her Scottish accent. About. It was a Scottish. That's right. Episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What else? Guys? She shows off all of her Scottish acts. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Man of Steel while you're mm-ing. Mm-hmm. Because Man of Steel came out this year, right? Indeed. Mm-hmm. This is one, one of the biggest takeaways. First viewing of Man of Steel was how stinky the auditorium was. It was like a sold out <laughs> show of like 350 people. It's like a two hour and 30 minute movie. Yeah. And by the end of it, I was just like, this place reeks like a locker room. <laughs> and that was my first impression of the movie, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Was was that. Yep. Um, this is not a terrible movie. This is just a movie that didn't really work for me at all. Yeah, it's bogged down again by origin story type stuff. And yes, we had seen Superman Returns and all this other, you know, whatever. I mean, it... it but it, it's trying to reboot it basically in this sort of this gritty type of you know thing, and it just doesn't work for Superman. And Superman should be a little bit no, a little bit less gritty than this, and all the way up until the point where he breaks Michael Shannon's neck yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. Um, but like, I think the thing that it bothered me about Man of Steel the most is just how many times I wish they would address this in movies. Uh, how much power these guys actually have. They have a very hard time defining what power is. Mm -hmm. They're basically equal. And I think they know that they're equal, but they keep throwing each other in the buildings and punching. And I don't know what they expect to happen when that, you know, why don't you try to like throw them out of the earth or, (laughs) (laughs) or, or, or something other than just wanton destruction, which is what this movie does in the last 20 minutes of it. And, uh, and so I, I just, it always bothers me with these, these powers, these, you know, these guys have, they don't really ever define them. And so it becomes a, the fight becomes boring because of it. And you don't know what's, what and then and it I goes actually, on forever too and i actually don't even understand how he's able to break the guy's neck yeah that's when that's what ends up happening is you're just like what wait a minute it, he's just 10 minutes ago yeah well <laughs> why, why didn't you do that 10 minutes ago and then and then why do you have why do you suddenly have the, i mean yeah why didn't you, you break his arm or his leg aren't, well aren't you aren't you both the same so like your neck his neck shouldn't like give you know based on whatever so like yeah okay so yes i agree with you but shouldn't there be stronger and weaker people on krypton just like there's you know if you fought somebody from earth well on krypton they weren't super powered well yeah i know but they don't have the exact same power i mean they they do have the exact same but you know what i'm saying though they're still even though they're an alien race and they're all pretty much the same you're you're so you're saying that there is some weakness there compared to superman yeah and probably vice versa too but he could even though they have the same tactical powers there there would be a way that somebody could i feel like overpower they're they're basically saying that anybody from krypton who comes to earth gets those powers and, and they're as strong as you know they there should be some sort of definition is what i'm saying yeah no there should be an idea that Oh, he can't do that. Yeah. Superman can't do this. Okay, and then and then you f- construct a fight around that yeah. based where, oh no, he's got him in that situation. Mm-hmm. He he's not very good with that and whatever. And then you 
have the kill. Even like Neo in his first fight with Agent Smith, there you knew Neo was overmatched, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Because he was so new at all this. Mm-hmm. And you could have done that with Zod mm-hmm. and said, he he just doesn't know, quite know how to use his powers perfectly yet. Mm-hmm. And just give us a one-liner or something. Explain something. Yeah, no, exactly. Not going not gonna to happen. So yeah, ultimately, I, I, I didn't like Man of Steel at all. Um, but it, it, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just too... It, I know that you're trying to, with you know Warner Brothers and DC, you're trying to get all these... You know, you just did well with the Batman movies and everything, and you want to do something with your other superheroes that is like that. There's just something wrong about Superman being mm-hmm. like Batman. Yeah. And then, of course, it you know comes to a head later. Yes, Super- it does. Superman v. Batman. I do want to say, though, this had a really good teaser trailer. It mm-hmm. did. Uh, yep. That, that got you excited. You were like, uh, maybe I can talk myself into Zack Snyder. And Zack Snyder, to this point, had done Dawn of the Dead. He had done 300. I know we didn't all like that, but- his only real huge miss was Sucker Punch up until this point. So you're like, uh, maybe this could be all right. Yeah, and Watchmen was mixed. You oh, had, yeah, yeah. You had that yeah, kind yeah. of uh, thing. But yeah, I mean, it's just, there's nothing about it. And then that whole like uh, sucking all the metal into the into the atmosphere type yeah. of thing is just, you know, where does it begin and where does it end? Because there's stuff that's still metal down on the, down on the earth and yeah. there's just picking and choosing whatever metal decides to go up at the, at whatever time and everything just never interested me. None no, of that no, really interested me. Okay. So another, uh, big, um, Oscar movie was captain Phillips. Oh mm. yeah. Oh yeah. Tom Hanks and Paul Greengrass. Yeah. I'm the captain. No, this is a perfect example of a movie that's 30 minutes too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, because yep. by the end of it, uh, especially that part with him on the little yellow boat. Like after he leaves the main ship, oh, it he's takes on that forever. Little yellow boat it takes forever. But the payoff is still pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they fucking time the rocking of the waves with the sniper bullet and take that guy out, yeah. I wanted to cheer. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it made me want to pump my fist. And then Tom Hanks, of course, gives that emotional performance uh, on the ship getting medical treatment. Uh, but the movie's a little too long, but it, yeah. I, I found it enjoyable. Sort of a return for, to form for Paul Greengrass, who had done Green Zone before mm-hmm. this and everything, <laughs> and then he came back, and and this is another like really tightly constructed action-adventure-type movie and everything. This is back to his bread and butter. Um, but yeah, very good movie. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, I really like it. And of course, the, the actor who plays the main hijacker was not an actor prior to this mm-hmm. movie. He was basically just a real dude yeah and he's fantastic and yeah he's the guy that says i'm the captain now that guy he's and the supporting cast is all great greengrass is really good about getting people who you might have seen their faces here and there but you don't like know their name off the top of your head and they blend in as as real it's almost a documentary feel at mm-hmm. times and it's both the camera work and the performances uh, but if you like Greengrass's stuff, like the Bourne movies, United ninety three, uh, I think you'd like this. Sort of where he uh, where he started off too, a, a movie called uh, Bloody Sunday that he started off with that had a documentary style feel of the. Um, you may know this better than I do the the, I, the Ireland Ireland Sunday, I, yeah. yeah the the blood there's a lot of bloody Sundays if yeah. you look in history but the Irish bloody Sunday yeah, yeah. Or the one you two sings about yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but he started off that way where he 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 does it very documentary style mm-hmm. it makes you put you right into the action so when he became doing bigger studio pictures and everything it was you know uh, the the style works perfectly for that type of stuff yeah. Um, uh, we love Alexander Payne here. Nebraska was also mm. a Best Picture nominee. 
Um, this is not my favorite Alexander Payne movie, but it's mm. still very good. Yeah. And uh, we have a, a great performance here from Bruce Dern as a guy who thinks he's won like a sweepstakes yeah. and he has to drive all the way out to this like, you know, and uh, and Will Forte. I, yeah, I don't know where this <laughs> yeah, performance this came, came out of from. Nowhere. Yeah. Like I would have never guessed Will Forte would be this good in a movie yeah. and, and not anything against Will Forte. I've just seen him in a lot of like dumb comedy. Yeah, I mean, nobody because uh, the MacGyver parody was was further off, but that's kind of what he was known for. The SNL screwball stuff. And yeah, this came out of nowhere. Man. Yeah, but this is a really good movie. Um, I don't have much other to say about it other than it was just really good. Yeah, and black and white. too. Yeah, black know? and white. It went for something, went for something different. They're not all and home runs. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of got that about feel because mm. it's a road yeah, movie yeah. and everything and they're and he's getting into some very small adventures on the way mm. you know like breaking into somebody's house and all sort yeah. of stuff but um but yeah uh good movie uh also in the uh, best picture race was american hustle mm-hmm. ah not so great not so bad yeah say, i'm about the same way about that movie I, f- I think that movie achieved a lot more with the makeup and costumes than it did with the drama mm-hmm. and the characters yeah it ends up feeling a little flat for me i like all those people i think they all give good performances i will say the the scene with bradley cooper and louis ck is the is like towards the end oh, and yeah, everything awesome. that is fantastic because brad louis ck plays just this like down on his luck kind of like you know um a government guy and bradley cooper's like making fun of him and everything and there's just <laughs> just him making fun of louis ck is hilarious yeah. in that movie <laughs> uh but yeah i wasn't i was but this is another david o russell was is just on fire at this point he's i mean almost everything he comes out with gets some sort of like recognition and yeah everything. yeah and he works with the same cast of characters over and over he again seems to know? be a very nolan-esque kind of guy mm-hmm. in that regard um what else well i want to talk briefly just mention we, we've talked about it so much we don't need to delve but Locke came out this year mm-hmm. oh yeah uh tom hardy driving uh, having phone conversations riveting shit check it's, it out if you haven't yet i'm not going to go any further. yeah how in the world is this riveting like it yeah. just uh you i would have never guessed and i had i had heard about Locke several times even before you had started pimping it but like i I was like, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't really get it. He's on the phone the whole time. That doesn't make any sense. And then you watch it, and you're like, oh god, this is. I mean, this is just fascinating. He doesn't ever have, or very rarely has those over the top acting sequences Mm -hmm. in this, which you would expect from just a single person shot. Mm -hmm. But it's the nuances. You know, the only time he gets excited really is when he's talking about the concrete. Yeah. You know, where he's just like, yeah. it's all about the concrete, the pool. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, uh, you know, the but the the quiet moments, like when he's talking to his son, Tom Holland and everything, where it's just like, it's crushing. Yeah. But it's, oh man, it's so good. He's yeah. a guy who has, you don't know quite whether or not he's made a decision on what he really wants to do at the beginning of it. But by the end of it, you just kind of see that he's sort of resolved to yeah. what he's going to do. Yeah. And you flash and, back to that where that turn signal where he turns right instead yeah. of left, you know, and oh. Yeah, I so I could have never guessed that they could put so much into that concept. Yeah. Anything else? Uh two large cast end of the world party movies. <laughs> uh The World's End mm-hmm. and This is the End. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um 
one's very British, yeah. one very American, actually specifically very Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I enjoy watching both, but neither one are like so memorable that I want to yeah. go back to them. This is the first time Edgar Wright did a movie that I was like, oh, just don't like the alien part yeah. in this. And that's a big part of that yeah. movie. Um, it, it just like crystal skull right where you're just like don't put aliens in this <laughs> keep the, aliens, yeah, keep out the of aliens out of this shit um it and but i mean a lot of the same elements of a great edgar wright movie are in there mm. and there's a lot of good good stuff in it but man once it becomes about aliens it loses it it loses all of its power i feel like it this should be about him going to all these bars and and finally getting to the world's end at yeah. the end and everything and and like maybe maybe there's you know he he loses some friendships and he learns some things along the way but man i just yeah the alien thing just kind of like throws me out of yeah, it yeah i like i like how nick frost traded on his Shaun of the dead image up to this point mm-hmm. and played a completely different character who ends up in the same spot basically <laughs> yeah uh, but uh yeah i mean it's it's kind of cool to see him go from like a stuck up nerdy guy to this drunken schlob that he, didn't he punch like a glass door or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny as hell. yeah then on the other end of it you got this is the end with mm-hmm. the seth, seth rogan and jay baruchel mm-hmm. are these two friends playing themselves basically mm-hmm. uh huge cast maybe one of the longest lists of cameos ever um lots of people had fun making this movie and i think they had more fun than i did yeah 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 and that's not to say i didn't enjoy watching it but it's so evident that they were just having fun with their friends and it doesn't always translate the way you think it will when you're making a movie yeah a lot of good inside jokes in there and everything talking about their own movies yeah and then doing the Pineapple Express 2 trailer, <laughs> that was really fun. But yeah, you got James Franco, Danny McBride, Jonah Hill. Uh, the, and then Emma Watson shows up yep. and as Emma Watson and yep. everything. And like, she, there's a big misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I love that. Um, but yeah, the cameos in there are like Michael Sarah and you have Aziz Ansari and uh, a lot of the people. Rihanna. That, yeah, a lot of the people that they like uh, like don't consider part of their like main crew basically get offed right off at the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, this is a silly ass just like let's do whatever movie and it's yeah. fun. Yeah, it, I think I even read that they came up with it while they were all getting high one night together and it kind of plays like oh, that. Oh, there's it no does. doubt. <laughs> um, well, continuing on the apocalyptic note, World War Z came out. Mm. I liked it. I did too. I had no preconceived associations with the graphic novel, therefore I was not offended by whatever changes they made that mm-hmm. apparently offended lots of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's not perfect, but I kind of had a good time with it and I usually don't like zombie movies. Yeah, I like it up until the point where Brad Pitt and the other girl survived the plane crash. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then they go into the, you know, they go into, what is it, um, the World Health Organization mm-hmm. or whatever and like that whole that whole thing feels like tacked on and they've had a lot of reshoots or whatever on the movie and everything and i think that's one of them uh but uh but yeah that that, they don't even pause to think man motherfucker (laughs) we survived that plane crash what are the odds like there's a south park later that makes fun of this and like Cartman keeps getting on planes and crashing them and keeps surviving them. <laughs> Everybody else is dead. You, know? Why, you, you don't even have a scratch on you, yeah. man. He's wearing the scarf. Yeah, and yeah he's wearing the same brand. This is, this is what I was talking about when we were talking about apocalyptic movies is when you have a scope like this, 
I think it devalues how terrifying it is. The only way that you can get pure horror from this or tense moments is when he's like breaking through the WHO stuff where he's like going through and it's all very, you know, closed off. And that's why, you know, the I, I think the best zombie movies or something like that take place from a unique perspective, from a singular perspective, instead of this whole global thing that we see all of. We mm-hmm. see him climbing over the wall in Israel. We see him, you know, doing all this stuff. And I think it, it just kind of like dilutes the whole thing. Yeah, and it's also kind of silly how when he when they're in that one city and like th- they allow all this like music to be played and stuff <laughs> like yeah there's zombies on the other side guys they get attracted <laughs> to that type of stuff might not be the best idea to do it of course they have to do it because brad pitt's there and they have to have some sort of action yeah. scene and everything but but yeah i enjoyed it for the most part up and yeah you know, like i said up into that part where it gets the world health organization and everything it's you know it's kind of like yeah <laughs> but uh i liked it also let's see okay so the great gatsby came out this is baz lerman's um uh, snooze fest yeah, yeah absolutely and is it heresy for me to say that i'm not even a big fan of the book too no i'm not uh, either um I, this is a I, I recognize it as a classic and everything but i hate that plot point that's it later in the book and mm-hmm. the and of course here in the movie and everything I hate it so much. Yeah. The the girl thinks it's the car and she runs out and yep. gets, I mean, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. This movie is visually dazzling. Right. Just like what Baz Luhrmann always Almost does. all of his movies are. And, and for that reason alone, I think my wife enjoyed it because it was so much fun to look at with both the settings and these, you know, ornate mansion parties and the, the dresses and all the other attire. But man, it bored me to death. Mm-hmm. It's just boring. Yeah. And I found the book the same way my my brother went on a kick 10 15 years ago reading a bunch of classics he never read in school and he would send them to me when he was done and i would read them and this was one i read and i was just like oh this one in catcher in the rye i was like i don't get it catcher in the rye now yeah. see i love catcher in the wow. rye but no I, I don't i read that book and i'm like what is the point interesting but anyway another discussion for yeah. another time <laughs> after Baz Luhrmann Great Gatsby movie that. not not very entertaining i want to talk about inside lewin davis okay yeah. this movie this is not a good movie. No. <laughs> this is, I, I, was, I was so. I was sitting there waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I was so pumped for this movie. It's village 60s folk scene. Great soundtrack. Great cast. The Coens. The Coen brothers are like, they're they're sort of experimenting here, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I guess so. But keep, I'm sorry. I, I interrupted no, it was you. just so disappointing. I, I mean, I, I kept looking for something in here. Now, there are great performances. John Goodman nearly saves the movie yep. by by himself. And again, doesn't get nominated because no, and he's the incredible. Academy hates John Goodman for some reason. Oh, man. Guys should have at least four nominations. He peed in their cornflakes. Yeah, I guess so. You don't want to drink John Goodman? After 10 Cloverfield Lane, though, I kept seeing all these things, how people love John Goodman and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I love John Goodman, too. Always have loved John Goodman. And no, never gets any love from from the Academy. But... He's great in this, but like, yeah, and Oscar Isaac and uh, in a you know still don't really know who he is mm-hmm. 
type of role and everything, but it's a lot of basically just sit down and play music. Mm-hmm. That's basically it's, what... it's Purple Rain with a with a more talented <laughs> director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it is because the songs are incredible, and it has and it plays with time at the end of it too. Like oh, yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like time travel has happened yeah. in, the, in the movie. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it like I said, it's like the Coens experimenting. They're trying something here. And it doesn't quite succeed. I don't think they really, I don't know if they really care whether or not it's no, like that. Type. I think they were just getting from, from showpiece to showpiece because the, the like the Carrie Mulligan, what is, there, is it Carrie Mulligan that was in that? Mm. Uh, the, the, the female love interest basically was so two dimensional. She basically yeah, it, it, shows up to, to, you know, call him an asshole and bitch about, you know, him getting her pregnant. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, can we not just get a little deeper than this? You got a very small section of Justin Timberlake in this movie. Mm-hmm. He was great. Yeah, in, he's in, terrific. You know, and uh, yeah, just it, it, uh, it. I really was expecting a lot more of this. Yeah, I guess I was too. But at the same time, it did feel like just a minor Coen Brothers movie to mm-hmm. me. While I was like, and after I watched it, I was like, "That's pretty interesting." But I knew I was going to forget about it as soon yeah. I mean, later on because it it does at the end of it make you think like, "Well, wait a minute, what is there some sort of like uh, I don't know some sliding sort- doors type <laughs> shit coming on infinite loop?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Another another big one. This was a big year for Matthew McConaughey because he was he had just done True Detective or he was in the middle of True Detective, but Dallas Buyers Club yep. came mm-hmm. out and this basically ushered him to winning an Oscar. Skinny McConaughey. Very skinny yeah. McConaughey. Yeah. yeah. Uh and uh and and Jared Leto like we've never seen him before too. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Um uh but uh yeah, this is this is a good movie. I mean, it talks about the 80s uh AIDS epidemic and everything and it's a tough movie, but McConaughey's great in it. He yeah. is and Leto is also Yeah, absolutely. Great, He's fantastic. I I I don't really remember liking anything that jared leto did besides like jordan catalano and my so-called <laughs> love but i mean from the moment that he's introduced in this uh as a transvestite uh prostitute uh man i mean he just he he grabs the screen yeah and, he's pretty oh, electric yeah yeah and i mean i forgot he won the oscar too mm-hmm. and and uh and it's it's kind of strange i think he's won an oscar and a grammy for, yeah, I could see that yeah. for uh, thirty, 30 seconds, seconds to Mars, Mars yeah. and all that. I think could be wrong, but that's it's, the more egregious. But part. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, who who cares about the Grammys anyway? But like, uh, <laughs> like uh, I just I, I just thought that was the most surreal thing when he went up to to accept that Oscar. I was sitting there going. Man, this guy is in thirty seconds to Mars. <laughs> like it just doesn't seem right, you know. Like that's what he's known for right now. Yeah, is that. Much, yeah. I mean, he's not really known. I mean, he wasn't known much as an actor up until. I mean, yeah, he was known as an actor, and then thirty seconds to Mars is just sort of like, yeah, that's what he's known for. Now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's just weird. It just weirded me out. Well, uh, let's talk about Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, notable for over fan servicing, right? Mm-hmm. I think if you want to bring back Khan, since you fractured and created a new timeline, I can buy that they're going to run into some of the same villains. But and you and you hire Benedict Cumberbatch, mm-hmm. an actor's actor, and then you just retread story beats. And I blame J.J. Abrams for some of this because he went out of his way to say it's not Khan. Khan's not in the movie. It's not. He's playing. Which is weird. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, he's playing John Harrison. Of course, that that's just a. That's just a feint for the audience mm-hmm. uh, so that he can halfway through the movie reveals that his name is Khan. Um, 
there are still lots of things about this movie that work for me. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Sulu threatening Khan with the missiles. Yeah. Um, yeah. The big ship that's super fast chasing the Enterprise down. Um, I. I can't hate this cast. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. But I was groaning by the end when, oh, let's have Kirk die instead of Spock. Right. And we, we won't even bother with making a whole movie about him yeah. coming back to life. We'll just have that happen at the end of this movie. Yeah. Oh, let's throw some Tribbles and in there. guess what? We have magic blood that yeah. can bring him back. <laughs> Tribble blood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there's way too much trying to hit the same beats and wink at the audience that loved Wrath of Khan. I really would rather have seen that cast Tell us a new story with Khan. I've heard that this is sort of a 9-11 truther type movie. Like, Really? Yeah. There's a lot of the things that happened in the movie are 9-11 truther type stuff. Like I've at never, the beginning in London? I've never like read the entire thing. I just read that and I was like, okay, I'm better oh. off not knowing what <laughs> what what people think this is supposed to be or whatever. But there, the, I've read this on Cracked couple of times that interesting that and they'll they'll highlight it with a little link that you can click on and everything uh-huh. is like star trek into darkness is a you know 9-11 truther movie or whatever <laughs> and you're like okay i don't know what happens in the movie that makes it like that but i don't know that beginning is, is so promising that's why it's disappointing when it devolves into that copy at well the that end. montage is fantastic yeah yeah, uh, yeah with the parents and the sick daughter and con approaching them uh you're right there's lots of promise there and uh and then about halfway through the movie we start let's just remake wrath of con yeah. fuck it mm-hmm. uh, yeah and it just loses it loses steam but i still watch it when i see it all i like mm. i like me some trick um pixar continued their sequel train with monsters university mm-hmm. which i did not like mm. yeah. me neither. monsters monsters inc has always been it's not. I don't want to say like my least favorites, but it's not one that I rave about. Or right. I want to go back to a whole bunch. So it seemed an odd choice to to make a, a prequel. They made prequel, yeah. And I, I mean, I know we love these characters, but so much of what made that work the first time out was uh, their relationship with the little girl. Mm-hmm. And you take that away from it, and it's just monsters being monsters. Yeah, yeah and, and it's, it's almost pointless. And it's Sully just being a dick for about half of the movie. <laughs> it's basically then, Animal House with yeah. you know, PG animated monsters. And the and this is another one of those movies that like puts a big competition in the middle and you just don't understand any of it. Like yeah. like how any of it works. Mm. A lot of times the the whole library scene I feel like is like just rife with errors and stuff. Like just <laughs> there's so many things that don't make sense in that as far as a competition is concerned. You know, like uh but like, yeah, this is just it. I, I feel like all nearly all of these sequels are exactly what they end up being are cash grabs. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's definitely some soul missing. And man, I if you would talk to me uh, six, seven years ago and, and I, I was going to tell you that I hated like three or four Pixar movies that came out in a row. Yeah. Would have been like, how is there like 10 for 10 in my mind? Uh-huh. And uh, and then just everything that starts coming out. I mean, it really takes inside out to sort of get them back. Exactly. Yeah. Into that, you know, oh, okay, they're they're back again yeah. or whatever. I guess there are people out there who love Monsters University, though. I don't mm. know. Um, what else? Um, well, let's talk about, the, I always tie these two movies together, Oblivion and Elysium. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they, they don't really have anything in common other than some space sci-fi type mm-hmm. elements. Um, and Elysium does end up feeling a little bit too much district nine mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah but i really liked oblivion yeah i did too um it had a cool vibe uh it, it 
has a couple of cool plot twists and turns that are fun. Uh, Tom Cruise has never like offended me with the couch jumping, and I always think he's a fine actor. Yeah, in the same way. Um, and then you know Morgan Freeman shows up for a supporting cast. I wouldn't call it an A, uh, but uh, I would say I like both of these movies. Yeah, solid picture. And then Elysium, uh, man, there's I don't know. There's some there. I don't know. I like some of the things of Elysium. Yeah, I, like I think Elysium. I think uh, Jodie Foster in this movie is that's one of her worst performances. And I love Jodie Foster, yeah. but she's trying some accent yeah. in this <laughs> that just takes me completely out of it. Yeah, it's and, amazing that nobody said, "Hey, you should stop." Yeah, yeah just just do Jodie. Well, like I, after the first take, he didn't go, "Jodie, what are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, come on, like here. this isn't what we discussed, right? But I think sometimes you get an actor of that caliber and they start doing something and a lot of times they're like, well, she's Jodie Foster. Well, that's, yeah. And that would be applicable here, I would think, right? Mm -hmm. This guy did District 9, unexpected hit. His next movie's got Matt Damon and Jodie Foster. Mm -hmm. He probably didn't he probably didn't command either of them to do much of anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I like both just due to the fact that they have these interesting sci-fi concepts. Always love that type of stuff when they're, and it's been, and Elysium is a cool place too. I yeah, mean, it really I, is. I mean, you know, the, the, Again, we're seeing that contrast between poor and rich yep, people yep. and everything, and only the rich people get to experience this awesome place. But that would be a place I'd love to hang out. Yeah, and totally. everything. <laughs> Elysium is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And they have magic medical beds. That that's, yeah, man. that's the worst thing about it, is that they have that technology. They won't even share it with the poor yeah. people. Like, you're making them be poor and live in this dust bowl anyway. You can't heal this guy's heart problem you can't i mean well, and think fuck? about how much profit you could make too yeah, by seriously. bringing those down to the to even the, if you just you charge know. a nickel you can right. make a bunch yeah <laughs> like and yeah it's just you could just you could get away with anything you're just like mm -hmm. oh man uh i'm about to die okay well just uh stick you in this thing and again <laughs> everything's good i think that's twisted but that's probably what i would do if i had like a magic healing machine mm -hmm. i'd probably fuck around and see what i could get away with like yeah I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to play that, uh, that game where you spread your fingers and put a knife through yeah, it really yeah. fast. I would probably try, try to that. to do a lot of daredevil, <laughs> daredevil shit, man. It'd be awesome. Uh, broke my back. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, the man, 2013 is a bad year. I mean, after the stuff we just talked about and everything, I keep seeing stuff like Fast and Furious 6. Okay. I'm just not on board. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you love the movies, but... Man, that that fast various six with the longest runway ever yeah <laughs> um in the top 10 i would have never guessed this oz the great and powerful oh wow this was a, a low point for sam raimi I yeah, think. yeah yeah it was a really bad like you know uh return to oz and all that well it's actually a prequel basically to wizard of oz yeah i think so and a lot of people i like in it but I didn't like that movie at all. No, felt very... my wife did, and I almost, I almost had to say something. <laughs> I just backed off. Mm -hmm. It felt very like later Tim Burton esque. Well, we even it? made that joke in the Sins video. Yeah. Is there are several scenes that feel like a Tim that Tim Burton made this? Mm -hmm. It's almost like Raimi consulted Burton before he shot yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, has anybody in this room seen Despicable Me too? One of yeah, the biggest yeah. hits of the. No. I haven't. Yeah, yeah. How how'd you like that? I mean, it's fine. It is essentially forgettable the first one i really liked mm -hmm. um you have a lot more dependence on the minions here because everybody loves the minions yeah. uh and grew steve carell's character is is just as crotchety and and uh begrudgingly sweet as, as ever 
It reminds me of Pat Sandoval. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about this bad Santa thing? I never know when it's coming up. I never know when you guys are about to say Well, that. it's funny, and I would do it just for the humor, but I'm, I've been realizing over these weeks there are a lot of movies that have that dynamic yeah, exactly. that you can tie to bad Santa. Oh, my God. I never know it's coming. Um but uh, yeah, that was the fourth biggest. It was three hundred sixty-eight million. Uh, yeah, Elimination Entertainment, up. man. They mm-hmm. they're they're basically Pixar, even though they, I don't think they have nearly the awesome track record. They just have an awesome box office record. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. Then there is Thor: The Dark World. Yeah. Uh, no, that movie's just plain terrible. Even Marvel people have to realize that, right? <laughs> that movie's just bad. And I remember, I think both of us, we didn't see this in the theater. Right. It came out and everybody was like, oh my God, they have taken a big step here. This is so much better than Thor and all that. And then when we watched it, it was like, oh my God, this movie is just atrocious. It's so bad. It's bad. I hate it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> there were a lot of like low rent comedies although i think that we kind of like we're the millers right i oh, did yeah. Yeah. yeah i like that yeah uh, there's something about sudeikis that i find really fun in like horrible bosses and the second mm-hmm. one in this movie i think i just think that guy's really funny he's yeah. this generation's chevy chase he is yeah i mean he's he's good looking affable but razor sharp wit and can just do it while smiling he's you know? got he's got a great way of delivering lines that sort of belies his every man appearance yep. where, mm-hmm. uh, and then jennifer aniston i thought this was a, a mini return to form for her mm-hmm. uh, getting to be really funny um and uh yeah i enjoyed it uh, yeah there's eugene levy in this he's the is, is that the guy uh, it's nick offerman is it's the, nick offerman yeah. yeah okay i always confuse eugene levy and nick offerman <laughs> it's funny I, I read this like uh yeah that's a weird one um but i and i read like this is about a family who's trying to like port drugs across the border and they're posing as a family or whatever um and then like ted 2 was supposed to be basically this movie like oh, Seth yeah. mcfarlane was making a was was writing a screenplay about them about mark Wahlberg and and ted going across the border with drugs and this movie came out and he had to change it oh my god the last minute that's interesting wow. yeah I so this is very very interesting but um yeah we're the millers was a big surprise hit too um made 150 million oh really? domestically wow. yeah um, I remember I was like, cause I was, I was like, I kind of want to see, I didn't see this in the theaters. I've seen it when it's come on HBO and stuff like that. But, um, but I remember when it came out, it just kept rolling. It was just every week. It was like, wow, this is just a surprise yeah. big hit. Um, the heat also came out and I didn't like this and I, Oh really? And I, yeah, that's right. you like the heat. I like the heat. A uh, lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, you might as well be the one to speak for it then no it's interesting i like this better than i like bridesmaids because paul mm-hmm. feig is basically feig. uh yeah he's he's back with melissa mccarthy is like the 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 focal point but i think sandra bullock is the straight woman is really mm-hmm. really grounds her in that whole development of the relationship and everything and one of the funniest scenes of the last five years or so is that dinner scene with melissa mccarthy's family when they're sitting down and uh and they they don't believe that Sandra Bullock is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's like, so uh, what? Are, what are you, lady? 
And she's like, yeah, I think it's like Bill Burr or something like mm-hmm. that. So he's like, what, what, from the get-go? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, always been. <laughs> um, uh, well, Melissa McCarthy was also an identity thief. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which was a bad movie. A bad movie. Which uh, every everybody coming to see this movie would go, I'd like two to identity theft. <laughs> never said the word right it's kind of like right. it's kind of like rogue one everybody's spelling it rouge one yeah <laughs> all right um, rogue. yeah exactly grown-ups too remember grown-ups being Jesus. a big hit and then they decided to come out with a sequel beating me over the head with this trailer on television mm-hmm. for the second one uh, this is the one that has Shaq, right i don't know I think this <laughs> see it. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. Let's move on. Um, Anchorman two came out after so many years of yeah. them talking about it. this. Is a huge disappointment. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, a huge disappointment. They um, they basically are just retreading everything in the first one, and then they make that big reporter fight into something that really sort of waters down the first one they missed the whole point yeah exactly the surprise factor there was the was one of the big selling points of right them, like how much they could top you know each other but yeah man i mean when you know you know kanye west is going to be in it you know will smith is going to be in jim carrey like, yeah. like they and they put all these guys in it and they're obviously just there for that one day of yeah. shooting yeah. like once the fighting all starts you don't see any of those yeah. guys and it, yeah, I, I I love it when they when comedies decide to go for it and they go ultra ridiculous. But in this case, they just it was just too much. It was too much yep. this time. And 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 just the fact that all these guys are just you know you see them for one shot and then they're gone and whatever it just takes a lot away from it. But yeah, huge disappointment on that. And then there's like GI Joe retaliation. Oh man. Yeah. You, got, you got Bruce Willis popping out of the back of that's the right. truck with the big gun. That's right. <laughs> Even I hate this movie. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, the Hangover Part 3 came out. And this is just, I mean, it's just a lot of bad stuff. Now You See Me came out, which mm, is... Hate it. Yeah, another movie I hate. Um, so one big one that came out was Pacific Rim. Yeah. Okay, And yeah. this was, you had Alfonso Cuaron doing Gravity, and you had Guillermo del Toro doing Pacific Rim. Mm. Kind of high concept, yeah. Interesting idea, not always executed well, but I kind of dug it. It's yeah. kind of like Godzilla for me, the yeah, new yeah. one, where there are a couple of action scenes that really do it for mm-hmm. me, but the movie as a whole doesn't. Yeah, I kind of feel like um, this movie is is basically we would if Michael Bay had done this movie, mm-hmm. would we would we give it the same kind of? I don't think it would be anywhere near as watchable as this is there like you said there's there's scenes in there it's not great start to finish or anything like that but there's enough in here to where it'll keep you interested uh and stimulated throughout the whole thing it's not just like a brain melting out of your ears yeah, thing like Michael I, Bay does. this is a movie that i feel like the visuals again this is for me this is what guillermo del toro is mm-hmm. is, is he's a visual guy a lot of the times the plot doesn't follow suit the action doesn't follow suit and uh and that's the way i felt during this movie and mm-hmm. i know pacific rim has a, a very dedicated fan base <laughs> and everything i don't uh, you know hate anybody who likes this movie <laughs> but but it's just it's just another one that's just like i just expected more from this i'm yeah. sorry but yeah. i know i know it's i know it's got it's got its moments um 
Olympus has fallen. Tried to yeah. bring Die Hard back, basically. Yeah. Die Hard in the White House and White House and down. White House Down did the same thing. Uh, Olympus has fallen is definitely the better movie. It made the most money too. Uh, and Jar- got the most sequels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the entirety of one. Uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, Jared Butler is in this, and he's being a badass, and yep. he's doing that. He's basically John McClane in this, you know, oh, yeah. just like everything and everything that he does in this is the. But uh, but yeah, uh, hyper violent. Yes, it is. It's one of the most violent movies you'll ever see. <laughs> crazy, like man. on the White House lawn, people are getting mowed down. Yeah, man. I mean, you expect movies like this to be more like Air Force One or something like that, where yes, yeah. there's a threat and there's like mock violence and everything, but this goes way further than that it's like aliens with humans in the white house it's <laughs> yeah. bullets everywhere <laughs> yeah uh the movie 42 came out telling the story of jackie robinson mm-hmm. uh this is a very average movie it's very it's it's got its moments and everything speaking of a performance i don't like from alan tuddock and it's mainly just because he's been forced to say like a million yeah and and yes that manager was historically very racist and everything but it's like man i get the point already it's just over and over and over again uh but uh harrison ford is is really is really good in this and uh and and it and it sort of tells like i guess a very nice portrayal of jackie robinson um if you really want to see a real good jackie robinson uh uh story watch ken burns baseball yeah watch the inning uh that he's that one's on because jackie robinson he he had to he had to i mean i guess they showed this in 42 as well he had to really he was he was an angry guy Mm, yeah and they didn't really i don't felt feel like they really showed that in 42 they wanted to keep him as heroic as possible which he is but um but to see more of the humanized version of it watch ken burns you could subtitle the movie 42 base stealing the movie <laughs> because there's like seven or eight tense base stealing scenes yeah and, uh, it makes up like a fifth of the movie by the time they're all added up um saving mr banks Eesh. yeah but here, here's a tom hanks movie i may never watch because it doesn't appeal to me in the least yeah mm-hmm. maybe when i'm 80 i will find some reason to it's, want to watch it's this. the telling of the making of mary poppins yep um and, and i watched i thought it was all right um but man i keep seeing all this stuff that i don't like i don't like that i don't like that um percy jackson see monsters the smurf 2 uh mama which a lot of people like mama horror movie mm-hmm. that came out with jessica chastain and everything i didn't like it that much at all um, oh the conjuring came out the conjuring did come out i liked that one yeah I liked it. absolutely i don't like horror movies much at all um but that one i think it was something about going back to the 70s and being out in this rural felt like the kind of community i grew up in Mm. um very country driven you know farming whatnot um i don't know if that was it or if it was ron livingston yeah um (laughs) but i really enjoyed it yeah i mean that that, that's a good one and i think i think we sort of agreed when we had uh modern horrors here that james wan's a good director Mm. very very good visual director and he's very good with all this horror stuff he does a lot of the same things a lot of times Mm. conjuring 2 was a lot of a bunch of nonsense um (laughs) but um but yeah i mean uh i enjoyed the conjuring as well um a good day to die hard oh man oh such a bad that's the low point vacation this is this is a this is no longer die hard no no the live free or die hard and this one are no longer die hard uh when you when you i i always felt like die hard was a regular guy doing stuff that 
hey, I could maybe do that. Even though they look, some of the stunts look insane. Yeah. That was it, they, you would be like, that's what I would do it or whatever. In these movies, man, he's just turned into a superhero and whatever. And even good, I mean, Good Day to Die Hard is just nothing but. Uh, well, and even in the first two, he uses his brain as much as he does yeah. any, like stunt stuff. Like he has to work through shit and figure shit out, and that, that's all lost once we get past the third mm-hmm. one. Well, speaking of all lost, all is lost. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you brought it sure. up. Uh, this is an amazing feat of acting mm-hmm. from Robert Redford in a nearly silent role. Yeah, uh, it's almost like the a similar conceit as Locke, where we see this guy on a ship, almost no dialogue. Uh, going through this storm and figuring out how to live through it. And the title is just a, this is one of my all time favorite titles because it tells you like, basically this guy is super fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but and, they, they hint very strongly at the end that he's rescued. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He yeah, is rescued. No, yeah, yeah. So all isn't lost, but uh, I watched this on a plane I think Chris and I were coming back from L.A. I remember that. And uh, I really dug it. Yeah. And I couldn't have watched this at 18 or 19, at least not me personally. I didn't have the attention span. Uh, but you really see him working things out uh, silently uh, several yeah. different times. And you can almost guess what he's thinking. Uh, and there's a great moment where he builds this contraption to basically pull the condensation, pull the liquid water out of his pee Um so he can have something to drink. Uh, anyway, I just think it's a fascinating movie. I really dug it. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk about Before Midnight? Before Midnight is the conclusion of a three-part um, Richard Linkletter series. Yes. Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. And uh, now they're together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as much chemistry as each of the other two times out. And I would watch 10 more movies he made with these two as the stars. How in the world did they make three uh, three outstanding movies mm-hmm. using this material. Yeah. I mean, the first one is just, you know, that when they meet, the second one is just a, a sort of a return mm-hmm. and just kind of what's happened in the last few years and everything. Now they're married and the, and the tension mm-hmm. between them is all the way throughout it. But at the beginning, you don't really, you're like, okay, they're just kind of a married couple or whatever. But, they can tell there's some things that are rubbed raw and you don't really quite register it until they get into that argument into the in the hotel room. Yeah. And that hotel room fight, they talk about getting exhausted later and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh is one of those it, for me. It just you just like oh. and yeah. then by the end of it, it it has a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> I like the question marks though. They're appropriate. Yeah. Like it you you feel like yes they've gotten back together ethan hawk has has successfully talked his way back into this or whatever but they still have those same problems and uh and the movie doesn't back down from that really i think it it leaves you on that sort of a cliff there i mean yeah i mean i can't wait until they do this another you know whatever a few more years from now i'll watch the grandma grandpa version i really yeah yeah Um, if you have good dialogue and engaging leads, you can make this movie a hundred times. Yeah, mm-hmm. as long as they have good chemistry, mm-hmm. and they clearly do. Yes. Yeah. Um, back to some more zombies. Warm Bodies came out. Yeah. It's a zombie romantic comedy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Nicholas Holt, I think, is really good in this, and Teresa Palmer's fun. This is, uh, I don't know, it, did, did you ultimately like this? 
I watched it because it has such a fervent fan base, mm-hmm. and I and I think I was ultimately underwhelmed because of that, because mm-hmm. it didn't hit me in the kind of way that I was like, I want to tell everybody about this. Yeah, uh, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was charming. Yeah, I thought it was a fun movie. I just I just didn't understand really why the uh, the emotions were coming through. It kind of reminded me of like Pleasantville, like yeah, you know some of the <laughs> yeah. things that happen in selective that. emotions. Yeah, why is love happening with some of these people but like not others or whatever? It's it's uh, just a you know it's not a big deal but it's just one of those things that you think about like can you establish the rules a yep. little bit um the purge yeah. also came out this is the best purge i oh, think yeah. <laughs> the the other two that came out are are at least just a below it or whatever mm. it's not like they're terrible or anything but uh, I've always enjoyed these type of things, man. Mm. People trapped in their house and like, you know, it's like the strangers and all that. Yeah. You know, people trapped in their house and they're trying to make sure that the psycho killers don't get in and everything. Uh, the, and I just love the concept of yeah, the purge. The sequence of events to really set this in motion are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Especially for a security expert. Absolutely. But, you know, yes, you know that there's going to be a, a method by which they're going to get into this house. Mm-hmm. And that is fun. But it just... Ah, it kills me. Yeah, like, are yeah, you fucking yeah. Serious. I know. Okay, Ender's Game. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Speaking of Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. We were doing a few minutes ago. Yeah. Okay, so again, another one where I never read the book. I don't have any preconceived attachment to that story. Mm-hmm. I really like this movie. Well, I read the book and I like the movie. Well, all right. I've, I've <laughs> read a lot of the opposite that book fans were disappointed. And I've never. Here's the difference between me though and and other book readers. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you mean the plebeians? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm not. I'm not beholden to what happens in a book as much as a lot of these people are. They get you get people who read a book like five or six times, and they're like they're just fervent fans. And there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. But they're they they get in their idea. They get the idea in their head that the movie has to be exactly this. It's got to have every detail that's in the book in this and everything. And for the longest time, this was considered an unfilmable book because. It, you know there's not it's hard to it's hard to show that story or whatever but um but yeah i watched it and it was well after it had come out and i'd heard all the bad stuff about it and and you know sat down and watched it and i was like oh this is pretty much the ender's game that i remember now i read it 20 years ago yeah oh is it that old oh yeah yeah it's older it's older than it's older than when i read yeah when i read it but um I haven't read it in a long time, but I watched the movie and I was like, yeah, this is pretty much what I remember and everything. Now I'm sure if I go back and read the book and everything, I'm like, oh yeah, they totally left that out. That would have been cool to see or whatever, but I just not the same way about it. The same thing with Harry Potter books. When I read those and the movies yeah. came out and everything, they were like, you totally left this out of the yeah, book. It's like, well, on. that didn't really make much of a difference, did it? You, you just want to see it. Yeah. You don't really care that it's not, you yeah. know, um, but I enjoyed it. Um, uh, prisoners um yeah. uh, denis villeneuve yeah uh, uh this is a great movie mm-hmm. this is i mean he is he's on the radar right now yeah. after arrival and then and i'm be all over that blade runner sequel even though they shouldn't have made one i am all over it because he's doing <laughs> well, it well now he's in talks to do um dune Oh really? Oh yeah. Wow. Another book that has been considered unfilmable, and yeah. yet has been filmed a couple times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, they, they, there was the one guy who tried to make it, and they made a documentary. Jodorowsky. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah. And that was supposed to be bonkers. Yeah. And then David Lynch made his version, which of course is awful. I I saw that as a seven year old in serious? a in a movie theater. 
Wow. Oh, it scarred me. Oh. <laughs> I, Is that the one with Sting? Yeah, oh, Sting, God. Kyle McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, um, can't do it. Uh, yeah, and I just remember at seven, the, the the main bad guy who's a slob, like you know, he's like this job of the hut type, uh-huh. whatever. There's a part where he's like, "Let me spit on your face," <laughs> <laughs> and I had to like, I was a seven year old. <laughs> Is it? Do we really pronounce his name? Denis Villeneuve, because in my head, mentally, I've just been going with Dennis Villanueva. Well, I, <laughs> I think that's enough. But like, I, I, uh, I watched a YouTube video with him talking. He's like, "I am Denis Villeneuve." Okay, I think that's how he says. It. Okay, and uh, we'll be corrected by our French. It's one fans. of those things yeah. that if I don't know it's coming from another country, D E N I S is going to be Dennis. That's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah, let, let we'll let the French people decide whether we do, <laughs> whether we got that. Whether Leave we it got, up to the French. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thank God for the French. Um, How but, do you guys feel about uh, Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Oh man, this is a movie that I really want to like. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> and uh, I love this concept. Yeah, so much. And this has been Stiller directing again. It is. It is. And, and directing himself. And man, I love all these fantasy sequences in mm-hmm. there with Kristen Wiig and everything. He's having this big adventure and all that. What's missing from this, though? Heart. You think heart's missing? I think so. But one of the best trailers I've ever seen yes. in my life. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because I was sold from that trailer. And then the, the tra- I'd almost rather watch the trailer at this point <laughs> than the movie itself. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I, it's like Cloud Atlas for me. I've watched it three or four times. I want to love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of just only barely like it and he's sort of like he's sort of like trying to find sean penn who's this photographer or yeah. whatever and sean penn makes like a the briefest of appearances in this uh almost like he couldn't be bothered to be in this movie <laughs> yeah um but yeah man when i saw at the same way when i saw the trailer for this i was like man this is just right up my alley yeah and uh yeah when you watch it there's something just in maybe the heart it is i think it might be that they tried a little too hard to tie it to like the death of life magazine print edition and this birth of digital journalism and the photography artists and other print artists who go by the wayside. I think they tried a little too hard to make that Mm -hmm. uh, hit home Mm -hmm. Uh, and it didn't really, I I could give a rat's ass that they're about to publish their last episode. Yeah. I I could care or issue. I could, Mm. I could care less. Right. (laughs) Anyway. Um, after Earth came out, <laughs> bum, 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 bum. this is this is the bottom level for M Night Shyamalan, isn't it? Because they had taken out all of his name and all of the promotional. As stuff far for this. as that is concerned, this is not his worst movie, which a lot of people wanted to say. There were some people who actually came out. I remember the reviews going. Could this be the worst movie ever? That's clickbait. No, um, they went way too far with that. They shit. went way too far with this, and and this is definitely not his worst. I still think the village is his worst, even more so than the happening. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when we made this since video, we traded an email basically saying after Earth's biggest crime is that it's just fucking boring yeah yeah like it, we, we wrote these sin scripts and we're like this isn't as many as a movie this bad should typically have but when you go back through it's not that the movie made a bunch of blunders it's just that it's boring as well shit. yeah you take the biggest arguably the biggest movie star in the world and have him wrecked in a ship for the entire movie yes and he's making just, phone calls and he just yeah. looks bored it's the anti-lock he looks yeah. bored he looks angry the entire time yeah. he has no humor whatsoever in this character that's 
even when he's not crashed yeah. on the planet, he has no dad. humor. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it just it never you never respond to it. If if he could have if they could have made him professional, but with a little bit more something it's you know humor in there or whatever he would it would have been fine but um oh i don't know if the movie would have been fine it would have been better <laughs> also every time somebody in that movie calls the creature ursa mm-hmm. i think of rodents of unusual size yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's not close enough to be right but that's what i heard every yeah. time <laughs> yeah exactly r-o-u-s is yeah uh-huh. this movie's got a little bit in common with oblivion too kind of a it little does. bit has like, some similarities some, like you know the finding the beacon and all yeah. that mm-hmm. that's one of the you know big plot points everything on this planet has evolved to kill you yeah, yeah. why you've been gone for hundreds <laughs> yeah, of years exactly exactly <laughs> what the fuck yeah i know it's so dumb i do um, want to mention one that yeah I, I have to because it's a woody allen movie blue jasmine came out this okay year. yeah and this is a very difficult movie to watch actually mm-hmm. uh it's it's People acting horribly to each other, generally. But Mm -hmm. the reason I want to mention it is because Woody Allen's not necessarily known for getting the best performances out of his actors and actresses. Usually, the fact that it's a Woody Allen movie is is the star of the Mm -hmm. show, right? Uh, The only exception would be Martin Landau in Crimes of Misdemeanors, maybe. Mm -hmm. Kate Blanchett has an amazing performance. Stunning. It is, at times, hard to watch, Mm -hmm. uh, but it ranks up with you know one of the best actresses uh performances of the last 10 years to me oh yeah it's it's definitely one of those yeah yeah kate blanchett is just just you know knocks it out of the park in this one mm-hmm. and a real offbeat casting with andrew dice clay who's the, great yeah who's fantastic in it and, and louis ck is in this uh bobby cannavale is in there uh that, that has a really good part in there uh, he sets it in San Francisco um, instead of New York. There's some scenes in New York, too, with Alec Baldwin and everything. But uh, it's it's an atypical Woody Allen film. And, yeah. And, that, and it probably succeeds because of it. It It's not necessarily enjoyable to watch, but it's it's a good watch. And uh, Sally Hawkins, who plays her sister, mm-hmm. is really good in this, oh, too. Yeah. Gets nominated. But Kate, Kate Blanchett wins the Oscar mm-hmm. for, for this. And, uh, yeah. I think you might be right. This is one of the best performances that you've seen in the last decade or whatever. It's incredible. how good it is. Um, What else is on here? There was a remake of Evil Dead. Like, we needed that. Ooh. Uh, And they made it really, like, like a real horror movie super like, blood yeah they made a real horror movie this time it was also a carrier remake this year too oh yeah that's right <laughs> talk about blood yeah which is <laughs> speaking of blood speaking of blood yeah i saw pointed out many times like carrie like a lot of the point of carrie is that sissy spacek as as i think sissy spacek is a very beautiful woman mm-hmm. but she is playing a plain Jane, and she can play that for mm-hmm. very well. But in this one, they put Glo- Chloe Grace Moretz, yeah. who is is gorgeous yeah. in this in this role, and it doesn't make any sense to put that kind of a girl yeah. in this performance. I didn't see the remake. I didn't either. I had no I had no intention. Yeah. Of seeing it. <laughs> um. And then yeah, I keep running into all these movies that don't call to me, man. Gangster Squad was bad. Ooh. That that should have been a lot better than it was. I mean, you had Sean Penn, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. You had all these great people in it. Not a good movie. Pain and Gain is one of those Michael <laughs> Bay movies that is it's definitely dumb, yeah. 
but I actually enjoyed Pain and oh, Gain. I, I, have res- I have never seen this movie because it never appealed to me, but I see that a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. That it's like, I think, a lot of people's favorite Michael Bay movie. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I need to check it out. Right. And, I mean, it's based on a true story, quote unquote, and whatever, but, you know, and, and I guess some of the things did happen in it, but, like, of course, yeah, it's not like a documentary or anything. Speaking of true stories, do you guys, have you guys seen Rush? Yes. What? The Ron Howard Formula Daniel One Bruhl and, uh, oh, and Chris Hemsworth. I didn't hear what you said. Uh, I have seen that movie. I love Rush. Mm. That's that's, and I keep forgetting that this is a Ron Howard movie. Yeah. Um. When when Rush was playing on HBO constantly, I had always seemed to gravitate towards it. Daniel Bruhl is fantastic. He's great in this movie. He's the best thing about the movie, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, the movie's not ultimately great by any means, but I it's it's very watchable. And then the race car scenes are thrilling. Yeah, like they're shot very well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, but yeah, I'm I really enjoyed this. Uh, a, a really good movie. Um. And then there, the is. Lone Ranger came out. It sure did. I did see that. I don't want to talk about um, it. Um, yeah. Nymphomaniac came out. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm oh yeah. Barry well, there's two. There's two very hypersexual movies that came out. Uh, Nymphomaniac and then Blue is the warmest color came oh, out. Oh yeah. yeah. And that generated a lot of uh, controversy for the directors. It's so touchy because now you have this stuff that came out about last tango in paris and, yeah. and how maybe some of those scenes were unexpected for the actress mm-hmm. um and leah sadu uh kind of intimated that she felt uncomfortable with some of the scenes in this yeah they apparently got super drunk doing this yeah which one is this blue is Blue's the warmest, warmest color. color yeah i didn't know that i haven't seen it i don't I, I, I mean i don't i think the controversy m- m- that i remember for this movie was that um, like people who were actually lesbians would come out and watch this and they'd say, you're filming this yeah. <laughs> in a way that pleases men. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I've watched the movie and I would say that is true. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it, is, it was filmed by a guy and it is really an interesting coming of age film. Um, and it's, it's a, it's beautifully shot too. But other than that controversy i thought it was a really good movie yeah no seriously yeah um now we just talked about denis villeneuve uh doing prisoners he also did the movie enemy which i have not seen and Mm. i'm going to see because i just saw this and i was like i've run across this many times (laughs) and i know that people have said go watch that movie so um yeah i don't know if you want to talk about these three but i'll just throw them out there real quick um Don John. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Another, That's uh, mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mm-hmm. directorial debut. And yeah. another Scarlett Johansson movie. Uh, Behind the Candelabra. I don't know if you guys saw that. I yeah, that was an that. HBO, uh, Soderberg, HBO right? original. Soderbergh did this. Yeah. And uh, man, Michael Douglas and Matt Damon are great in this. Yeah, they both are. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, loved it. And then 20 Feet from Stardom came out. Oh, this is, and I, that's a documentary, right? I didn't yeah. see that. This is a, a really, really good documentary about mm-hmm. backup singers. And it was on Netflix forever. It may still be on there. But one of the stories centered around the woman that sings back up on Gimme Shelter and the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter and how much they've grown to depend on her and that kind of thing. And it's a really cool look about, you know, kind of you see background singers and that's exactly what they are. They're just kind of like there and yep. moving to the beat and everything, providing great vocals. This is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's another movie on here that I've run across a few times. People have told me that it's really good and I need to see it is Begin Again. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen oh, that. Oh, Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley, Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. I've yeah. seen this. You've seen this? Um, I liked it. There's something about 
like I think this movie was made for people who make music. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ruffalo's playing this guy who can sort of like in an instant visualize and hear all the various orchestration and instrumentation that would go behind a song. He discovers Keira Knightley singing at an open mic and wants to make a record with her. Mm-hmm. And the way they do it is they 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 perform all the songs live. They track all instruments at once and they do it outdoors. So there's ambient noise from the outdoors behind them under every song. Hmm. Uh, and then they put together this album and put it out. It's a very laid back story. Mm-hmm. Uh, very casual flow. Um, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Cool. Um, the Wolverine came out, one of the most idiotic movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, pretty bad. Green Inferno. Oh my God, <laughs> that's an exercise. And this is you want to if you ever want to like test your friends and see who's going to hang on watching a shitty movie the longest. Put this movie in. <laughs> see how see if you even have one make it past the halfway mm-hmm. point. This is excess for the sake of excess, and I have very little respect for the director after this. <laughs> uh, very little. Eli Roth. <laughs> um old boy a remake from spike lee yep. with josh brolin elizabeth olsen and samuel L. jackson and um charlotte copley uh i love the original old boy mm-hmm. and with this kind of pedigree going into a remake i was expecting to love the remake and I just don't, it's not good. It's, it's not, just pretty unnecessary, right? Yeah, it's extremely unnecessary. Yeah. Um, so I was really disappointed in that. Um, I will I will bring up, just for fun, Escape Plan. Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> getting back together. You know, back together. Well, if you're going to talk about that, then we have to talk about The Last Stand, which was officially the first Schwarzenegger yeah. movie out of the governor's oh, office. Oh, yeah. Where he ends up in Mexico. It's like the last go- cop to stop this high-speed bullet car that's about to come through from the criminal office. Oh, it's such a mm-hmm. fucking stupid movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I, lo- I, I, I like the concept of Escape Plan. I don't really like the movie overall, but I do like the fact that you have a you have an impenetrable prison. Stallone is a guy who is hired to find the weaknesses in these. Right. But he's sent actually to this prison by a bunch of like shady b- people. And basically, he and Schwarzenegger are like trying to figure out how to how to beat this prison and everything. And it's a fun movie. Mm. It's not it's not great by any it's means. Getting a sequel, but and and I hope it's more fun. Like there's a I mean this 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 movie could have been a lot more fun than it than I mean the concept alone got me on board. But once he finds out where he is and all this other type of stuff, it's kind of there's a little bit of a letdown for the rest of the movie, but um, I'm hoping that future, like the next escape plan or whatever, is more about just the impossibility of the prison and everything. And just like, I love those fucking type movies, yeah. man. I just love, you know, that type of stuff. But um, anyway, fun movie. And yeah, now we're ready to vote. Vote her up. All right. So today's order is Barrett, Jeremy, and Chris. Woohoo! Well- Deluded year, uh, but I've got a very clear favorite in its gravity. Nice. I saw this movie on my birthday. Nice. It was one of my favorite uh, times to go. Uh, my poor family, because my son was too young to see it, uh, had to go see Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was sitting there in gravity having the time of my life. Yes. I oh. love this movie. Immediately when it came out on Blu-ray, which I don't always do, I got it and watched it probably three times throughout that weekend that I had it. Nice. So uh, it is by far my favorite this year. I cannot yeah. fault that pick. It's a fantastic movie, but I'm going with her. Mm. Nice. Um, just because 
even movies with two humans having love issues have failed to impact me emotionally as much as this movie with one human and one AI impacted me. Uh, and that was surprising and shocking. And I also think this is one of those movies that takes you through various emotions because uh, you feel true joy. I love when she's like playing him the song that she's composed. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you get heartbreak, you get, you know, despair, uh, you get it all. And I, like you said, with Walking Phoenix, I think this is a career defining performance. Mm -hmm. And so it, that's my vote. There, it really comes down to three movies for me. And man, I, I don't even know if I've really decided. <laughs> You're about to. Yeah, I'm about to. I got to sort of discuss this in my head for a brief moment here because both of your movies are right in that top three. Ah, so and do everything. you want I, to go another round? I almost kind of want to go another round here. <laughs> uh, so it, with that in mind, why don't we go another round? I'm going to say The Wolf of Wall Street. Ah, all right. Um, and and honestly really these other two movies are gonna be up there so <laughs> it's just gonna be a matter of time so i'm gonna Wolf of wall street is bonkers i've seen this one more than any of the other movies of 2013 and uh and it's just hilarious all the way throughout i can't I mean, it's just entertaining. It's as, as entertaining as movies get. I like how bright this movie is. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it seems to just, just glisten the whole way through and not in a bad way mm -hmm. um, because there's some horrible stuff going on the whole way through. Yeah. Uh, but that's my pick, my second pick okay. by, by far. I mean, that movie is just so much damn fun. Yeah. So that's it for me. Um. All right. So my second vote is for Locke. Okay. Oh, nice. Which is basically going to put it between one of two movies here in a second after chris votes i think um and uh this was just such a surprise i think i've told the story before that I, I saw online and from friends enough i should watch this that my brother was in town uh my friend josh came over my brother is good friends with josh's older brother so we all got together and decided to put a movie in and i suggested that and like the movie ends and nobody said anything for like <laughs> 60 seconds we were all like floored by this movie um that seems so harmless by the description so um, it's got an incredible ending it really does vote in with my heart there for that one um we're gonna go another round because <laughs> i am going to say her for my second pick <laughs> which means wolf and wall street has well <laughs> and her has first and second place votes yeah so um yeah her is just wholly original uh movie and you would never guess from the synopsis that it would be that awesome but no, it is it really is yeah wow i'm gonna go with Locke for number three okay wow. yeah i love that movie so much yeah, it's, it's great it's th just a i love hanging out with you guys in general i love doing this this podcast because little things like that man like a recommend from a friend can just really send you over the moon. I love mm. those moments. Yeah. Yeah. My third vote is gravity. So we're mm. going to get into some calculus here. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, gravity is going to win it because uh, it's my third pick. Okay. There it and is. Uh, so first, second, and two third place votes. Yay! They're going to put it. It's going to put it over the fucking top. And oh. it puts an end to your 10 year losing streak. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I won last week. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, now sure. I've got a winning streak. No, nice. I don't. No, I don't. I just, this is, doesn't, this is not. I didn't pick Gravity for that's my first. That's so true. it's another losing streak. All right. Well. Whatever. Gravity Loser. is a great movie. Gravity <laughs> yeah. is a great movie. In fact, I, I think if you would ask me at the end of the year, I would have said Gravity was my, my favorite. Yeah. 
Uh, but I saw her later and I saw, well, Wolf of Wall Street had not quite grown on me as much as it had done uh, until later on. Mm. But um, but yeah, Gravity is a great pick, though. I th- I'm, and I'm, the I'm, only movie that ever inspired me to make an acapella uh, original song. I loved that video, by the way. <laughs> I thought that was a catchy song. It was beautiful. You did the Brady Bunch thing. I sure had a lot of fun making it. Gravity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go into questions, eh? Question. Question. I got something to say. I want the truth. I am listening. When this comes out, it will be 2017. We will have put this miserable 2016 behind us. Thank Happy New Year, everybody. God. Uh, so that brought up the question of what are you guys' favorite party movies or scenes? I assume that a large chunk of you people are hungover while you're what listening you to mean, this. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, you people? So we wanted to go over and uh, talk about the craziest, wildest, partiest movies or scenes uh, that we've seen. Chris, you want to start us off? Okay, so a couple of movies are that I, I like in this party uh, topic. They may they probably not considered good by the most of the public, uh, but dude, where's my car? Yeah. Is batshit insane. That movie is batshit insane, and I love it. I love it. And then, and then, it's a it it should very well put me off, but it doesn't. It's got so many just. To think about uh, people waking up and and they start an adventure basically with "Dude, where's my car?" <laughs> the whole thing from there leads to aliens and like all this other type of stuff going on in there. Ostriches, like, ostriches. <laughs> Jennifer Garner's in this movie yeah. somewhere. Um, She's one of the girlfriends. One of the girlfriends, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, there's so many. Just there's just that. That's the type of when I when I say a movie needs to go in if it's if it's a, uh, has an insane concept it should just go there it yeah. should just say it just live there and so yeah that's the mo- one of the most insane like you know obviously just bunch smoking a bunch of weed and bad drugs and yeah be- drinking and they picked the two perfect leads for this Sean William Scott and Ashton yes. Kutcher if, like one gets a tattoo of dude and the other one gets a sweet tattoo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> what does mine say <laughs> yeah yeah I would rather watch this movie anytime before I'd watch The Hangover yeah and and you know I know that I know that a movie titled Dude Where's My Car <laughs> Uh, is met with a lot of derision from like yeah. real stuffy critics and everything, but man, it's my jam. And uh, another one that I really like is Beer Fest. That oh, yeah. is fun as hell. I man. love Beer Fest, and if you're going to talk about some some scenes and movies that I always go back to as just pure comedy, they have that big like they're trying to get a tolerance for beer basically. So they got that big scene where they're all drinking beer and it's a montage and everything, and like. There is a point where, like, everybody's waking up, and Jay Shandrashakar, whatever his uh-huh. name is, wakes up naked <laughs> next to a deer with a bite not come out of it. And, <laughs> and I, just, it, it, I am always laughing at that scene. And of course, like, all the stuff in there, like, they have the, you know, like, they have the character in there that dies, and then, like, a twin brother yep. comes in. Yeah. And, just and he's like, he's like, could you just guys just call me the same thing and just forget that that even happened? You know? Just continue on with this. Yeah. So, 
I love Beer Fest. I love I love the idea of Beer Fest, and that's just those one of those really great party movies. Yeah, from awesome. Uh, all right. So in terms of scenes or parties um, in movies that I think are good, or party scenes that I think are good, mm-hmm. um, I'm going with Rules of Attraction. Oh, oh yeah, oh. because they have college parties dialed up to 11 at this university Mm -hmm. they all have names and it's stuff like dress to get screwed party end of the world party and there's drugs and booze and fucking and hot people everywhere uh never had any of those parties when i was in college (laughs) might have been my choice of college (laughs) but um i would like to go to those parties but uh another one it's actually i'm going to answer something i just saw today for the first time uh it's a movie called the uh the anniversary party and oh, it's okay. uh, Alan Cummings and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee wrote mm. and directed and starred in this movie together. Really? And I I don't think, think I had ever even heard of it. This cast is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoebe Cates is in it. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow is in it. John C. Riley is in it. Um, and it's basically Alan Cummings, a famous writer. His wife is a famous actress. All their friends come together for this anniversary party, and they're all famous people, too. Like, John C. Riley's a director. Uh, there's another guy who's there who's an author whose book wasn't as good as Alan Cummings' book, which <laughs> is about to be turned into a movie. Uh-huh. Um, and this, this this movie is insane. It's really? insane. This movie has charades, where a guy yells at the girl playing charades, you fucking cunt. <laughs> this movie has everybody, everybody takes ecstasy. <laughs> There's adultery. A dog goes missing. They have to go run after John C. Riley. Basically, drowns and is revived and walks away from it because he refuses to acknowledge he just almost drowned. Uh, I have never seen this nudity. I've never seen anything like this. Um, and uh, it's it was a very fascinating watch. It's one of those movies I'm hard pressed to say I thought it was good, but I sure had a, a good time watching it. Yeah, um, that is interesting. engaging people. Me not knowing where the story's going to go that always usually adds up to a good time. Shows that it came out in 2001. Yeah, that well, and that's, and that's a party. I, the point of all that was that's a party I want to be a fly yeah. on the wall at because there's a little bit of everything happened in that party. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> well, one of the, the craziest movies I've ever seen in my entire life is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. I've oh, talked Jesus. about it before. But the way that this movie builds and builds and builds and builds until a final epic scene that's shown as you know, being in flashback. Mm. Uh, Johnny Depp's Hunter S. Thompson wakes up with... With a rec- with a microphone strapped to his face, so he can like <laughs> record everything that's going down, and he's listening to it. And there's like a mannequin upside down in the toilet. He's walking around with this dragon tail behind yeah. him and everything, and he's he's going through this burned out Vegas suite. And it's the most insane thing ever. It's not pleasant, but it's insane. Yeah. So I mean, they they literally ingest every type of drug that's imaginable in this yeah. uh, movie. So. That's really fun. And then you can't get any crazier than Caligula. Oh, God. Let's make sure to end this segment letting people know what Caligula is so yeah. they don't go, well, Barrett liked that party scene. That's true. No, it's just the most bonkers party scene I've ever seen in my entire life. It's, uh, it's a Roman orgy, basically. Yep. And... Uh, this is how they used to do this. What do they call it? Baconical type of uh, things. And, you know, hey, it's it's history, you know, and we're teaching people a lesson here that that's what Roman orgies used Basically, to Basically, like. listeners at home who've never heard of Caligula, this was a movie when I was young. I remember being called porn for mainstream right. audiences. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is not this is not a fun movie. This is a 
it feels dirty when you watch this movie. It is very dirty. It's yeah. Malcolm McDowell doing uh, Caligula, which is and one of the life, craziest And in real life, Caligula tempers. was sexually very free and open and whatnot, but yeah. I still think they, I don't know that this is very historical. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's got everything. So, uh, yeah. Didn't right. uh, like Penthouse do this movie or something? Like uh, Bob Gucciani got involved with it. Tinto Brass, I think, was the original director. And then there was an American director that was that was affiliated with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it went off the rails to where I think several people involved with this disavowed it by, oh, <laughs> by yeah. the end of it. And it was probably the Bob Gucciani thing yeah. uh, that, that drove it over there. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, <laughs> since we're talking about Caligula, what are the sexiest characters in film mm. with both genders? Jessica okay. Rabbit. Interesting. What? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. Um, Is it really Jessica Rabbit? Oh, she's up there for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that movie came out at the perfect time for me to be attracted to Jessica Rabbit. Now I yeah. recognize she's a cartoon, and that can never be. Mm. Uh, but if you know, it could, like in that Disney's Enchanted movie. Yeah, the worlds could cross over, and Jessica <laughs> yeah. Rabbit came over here into this mm-hmm. world, and she would be Christina <laughs> Hendricks. I would play Patty Cake with her. Uh, my real answer would probably, be, at least for woman, would be the girl from Weird Science. It's tragic. I can't think of her name right now. Kelly Lilbrock. Yeah. Again, hit me at the right age where that became, you know, what sexy women were to me for yeah. quite a long time. It's probably why I had an Elizabeth Hurley thing for a mm-hmm. while. Uh, and then for men, um, well, I'm kind of, well, I'm not, I don't want to steal anybody's thunder, but two of us are going to say the same actor from different movies. And I'm going Jude Law from AI, mm-hmm. who's ah. an android love bot. Yeah. Uh, and he is created and programmed and designed to be sexy. And yeah. he can be whatever the woman needs him to be. And he just kind of oozes this sexual energy that whole movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Good one. Uh, for my woman, I'm going to go with the, oh man, this lit me on fire when I saw this movie. The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's Lena Olin. Oh, yeah. And she was just the ideal of sexuality to me. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful movie. It's got Juliette Binoche and Daniel Day-Lewis. And set in like this kind of bohemian style Czechoslovakia back in the 60s ish or something like that. And man, she's just so free and beautiful and sexy that uh, it's it's great. You should watch that movie regardless, but she's terrific in it. And my man is going to be the guy that's hanging over my head. It's George Clooney and Out yeah. of Sight. Yeah. Um, that we've talked about it ad nauseum, but that scene with him and Jennifer Lopez in the bar, interspersed with them in the, the hotel best. room, is a great scene overall, but it's sexy as hell. It really is. Yep. It's like the camera got turned on filming that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this happened very recently. Catherine Watterson in Inherent Vice. Oh, great pick. Um, and yeah, in, in a way, there's some cheating here because she comes into this one scene that I'm thinking of very naked. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> However, even if she wasn't she na- head start. even if she wasn't naked in that scene, it's extremely sexy. Yep. The way she's talking, every and she doesn't even like she comes in naked, but she doesn't even like she doesn't even seem to acknowledge it. She just comes down, sits down on the couch next to Joaquin Phoenix, smokes a cigarette, just starts talking about a whole bunch of stuff, yeah. and you're sitting there like it's just 
building all the way through it. Like, is is he going to finally grab her at some point? <laughs> She's giving him every signal to just go ahead and grab her. And just like this, everything about that scene, I'm just like, good God, that it's, is the best. It's hypnotic. Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely. And then, yeah, and it, it ends in a scene that is not very sexy. <laughs> it's not sexy at all. Um, but all the thing, all the lead up to it is amazing. Um, and yes, I'm going to bring up Jude Law. It sounds like we have a Jude Law thing here in the booth, basically. But um, but Jude Law and the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, it, oh, good call. Uh, there's a there's a, a he's a I don't know. He's a guy that. I feel like I would try to tell women not to date because he's such a dick in this movie. He's a rich dick. But like when you when you sort of take yourself away from that and just look at him, he's a beautiful man. Yeah. And and he and that type of aloof kind of nature would draw you in because you'd be like, I want to be that guy's favorite. And there's a part in there where Gwyneth Paltrow says there'll be days where it seems like the sun's just shining directly on you yeah. and everything like that. And then when he turns away, it just feels very cold. Yeah. And that's the way he is all the way through this. And he shows Matt Damon all this attention all the way through it. And then, yeah, when he pulls away, that's the big mistake for Jude Law. In this yes, movie. it is. Yeah. Uh, but but I feel like his character is very magnetic in this. No, I agree know? completely. And you even see it from three different angles. You see it from Gwyneth's perspective. You see it from the, the village girl who kills herself's perspective. And mm-hmm. then, and then um, Tom Ripley's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt Damon's playing that character. But he's falling in love with him. So I, th- I agree. I think that's an excellent pick. Probably yeah. even better than my Jude Law pick. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I want Gattaca Jude Law. <laughs> well, I actually, it was uh, funny when I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this because that was the first time I ever saw Jude Law was in Gattaca. Uh-huh. And he is fantastic in that yes, movie. Yes, he is. And I was thinking, you know, just him, the way he is in that movie is sexy enough. <laughs> you can yeah. do closer Jude Law, yeah, too. Exactly. I mean, this guy is everywhere. Yeah. 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 All right. So since it's New Year's, let's keep with the sex and drugs and rock and roll Sweet. thing. If you were to go on a pub crawl of bars from movies, what bars would you go to and what movie characters would you crawl with? And I got the, uh, I've got two of the all-time best, but I'll, I'll choose Rick's Cafe American in Casablanca. Yeah. Uh, because you've got wealthy socialites, you got an engaging bartender, you got a great piano player and everything. And you really can't get much better than that. And I would want to go, uh, these are just random people that appear at bars that I would want to have as my wingman. One is Bill Hader from Superbad. Yeah. Uh, because he's got the funny, he's got the humor and everything. He's probably an alcoholic. Uh, he's got some sob stories and everything to keep you entertained. So that's interesting. Goose from Top Gun. You can't get a better wingman than that. <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I'll do one more. Thomas Hayden Church from Sideways. Because that dude is always about like partying and doing stuff and getting out there and stuff like that. You want that guy on your side. So, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, it's funny. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick two characters from an Edgar Wright movie, but I'm going to pick a different movie uh-huh. for the movie. So, um, so the world's end is where I want, I want to do that pub crawl that they do only without aliens. And I want to hang out with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost from Shaun of the Dead, nice. not Simon Pegg and Nick Frost from that movie. So 
Well, that would be an awesome <laughs> pug crawl because those guys, you know, they'll get into it and it'll be awesome. So I'm I'm all about that. Man, I mean, you could also argue that the hot fuzz when he relaxes and they have all yeah. those pints and everything, that those guys would be exactly. super fun to hang yeah. out with too. Like the, Simon Pegg himself would be fun to hang out <laughs> yeah. with in the World's End version, but everybody else is a bunch of like yeah. married stiffs yeah. and everything. So, so yeah, you go. I go with the Shaun of the Dead versions nice. of these guys. Nice. Um, I don't know about a crawl. I, you guys both know I'm not super good at handling my liquor. <laughs> so, I think a bar crawl would kill me. Um, but I'm gonna maybe cheat i'm pretty sure it's in one of the movies but i'm gonna go with 10 forward from the star trek next generation enterprise ah. the bar where Whoopi goldberg's guinan yeah. who's hundreds of years old serves <laughs> things like valerian sunsets <laughs> uh, oh what? and i would pick her <laughs> Valerian. that sounds like you're being roofied <laughs> i would pick her guinan and data to be my two i just want to talk to both of them Ooh, one nice. has had an excessive amount of life experience and one will never truly experience life the way that he wants but is super smart but also kind of a fish out of water that i could fuck with because ah, I, nice. I could like get him with that quarter down your nose joke where he gets a marker line down his nose yeah, yeah, he's yeah. never seen that before yeah exactly nice one my backup was going to be the gold room from The Shining. Oh, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. I always felt like that would be an interesting uh, yeah. uh, one to do. All right. What is the best or worst career turn around you have seen, uh, be it an actor or creator in the TV or film industry? Uh, there are examples. M. Night Shyamalan went from very exciting to a bit of a joke over time. What do you think? Okay. So uh, when we were doing this, you know, best of the years that we've been alive and everything rob reiner came up a million times yeah. 80s and 90s the guy couldn't do any wrong and then he did north in 1994 which is not a very good movie at all comes back with american president and he's back but right after american president rob reiner does the following movies um he does ghosts of mississippi the story of us alex and emma rumor has it the bucket list and just a whole bunch of other movies that you <sighs> haven't heard of after that and I don't know what happened. I don't know if he just suddenly became bad at directing or if it was because he was just getting bad screenplays to deal with. But there's a guy who has a tremendously weighted first half of his career and a tremendously saggy bottom end of the yeah. career so far. Not anything like what he's done uh, from the 80s and early 90s since American President. So Yeah, hopefully he bounces back yeah i would i would be great if he came back with something i mean and, and he was you know like we mentioned his little um cameo basically in wolf of wall street yeah. he's hilarious in yeah. that so i know he has the sensibilities to be funny and everything or or you know whatever but i don't know yeah. what's going on uh and i guess the um the good career turn that i'm going to talk about here it, when i wrote it down i figured this was a lot better of a choice but then i started going through some movies and everything i was like i don't know this might still be a little controversial but i think akiva goldsman the screenwriter yeah, yeah, yeah. he started off with a bunch of like joel schumacher movies is the client it was batman forever time to kill batman and robin and and he was the credited screenwriter on those movies now who knows whether or not he's to be totally responsible for what how those movies turned out maybe it was a combination maybe it was joel schumacher maybe it was the studios whatever but I, then he did like practical magic and lost in space yeah. and all this other stuff and you're like this guy is just a i mean they can't he can't be a great writer right 
But then he does, he writes a beautiful mind mm-hmm. and he, he wins the Oscar for a beautiful mind. Now I don't, I'm not a big fan of that movie, mm-hmm. but what a turnaround, right? Oh yeah. Batman and Robin to Oscar. <laughs> um, and then he did, uh, I robot Cinderella man. He did, um, I am legend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, such a turnaround from what he was doing in the nineties and everything. Now, some of these movies had varying degrees of success or whatever, and you can debate whether or not iRobot's a great movie or whatever. <laughs> but like, I, I find that fascinating. And he's writing the Dark Tower movie that's oh, yeah. coming out this year, this next year. He's on a lot of stuff like Transformers that's coming out too. But like, uh, what a turnaround for that guy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So for my bad turn, I'm going with the big dog Peter Jackson. Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Who gave us. Two indie films, one that's basically an R-rated nasty Muppets <laughs> yep. called Meet the Feebles. Yes, because think... there's a Meet the Deedles as well that I get confused. Yeah, but um, it's Meet the Feebles, yeah. And then Heavenly Creatures, is that the name of the movie? Yeah. With Winslet? yeah. And then he does the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. All three are fantastic. And uh, the Frighteners, too. And the Frighteners is in there. Then you take just a step off the cliff, right? I mean, King Kong, I guess, was his foot on the edge of the cliff because yeah. I, I find a lot of King Kong enjoyable, but it's still excessive. It's way too long. It's too much CG. And then he gives us the lovely bones. Yeah. And then he gives us three Hobbit movies that are just uniformly, terribly, <laughs> excessively bad. Um, and you know, that guy has too much talent to not make a comeback at some point. So a future Q and a, I'll be using him. I hope as my good turnaround. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, he was my choice for bad yeah and it really hasn't been the same uh since the lord of the rings movies and mm-hmm. then like you said the turning point king kong which is like half great half bad movie and everything yeah. and then and then everything after that's been what what's going on man come on yeah, <laughs> i know seriously. you've got some talent here <laughs> seriously uh i just completely blanked on what my good one was so you go ahead barrett and i'll see if i can remember it all right uh, my bad turn would be uh, Francis Ford Coppola, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at this guy's resume up until the uh, the early 80s or the late 70s, you've got The Godfather, The Conversation, Godfather Part Two, Apocalypse Now. Uh, you can even throw in, I like The Cotton Club a Yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that's good. But then you can you basically take it from Captain EO, uh, <laughs> where he directed the Michael Jackson thing. Uh, and then he's just, he's really on a steady decline after this some people like tucker man in his dream but he does uh godfather part three bram stoker's dracula Mm -hmm. jack the rainmaker youth without youth and uh tetro and twixt which i haven't even seen i will i will say the rainmaker is uh better than just a it's better than everything it's, else that but I just it's read. Definitely not. It's definitely not up to his capabilities yeah. by any, by any stretch. But the Rainmaker is a very watchable movie. I'll yeah, make yeah, that yeah. up. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree. And I mean, he's from one of those such heights. But he's another one of those guys in that Easy Riders Raging Bulls book mm-hmm. that you know really started believing in his own bullshit. Apocalypse Now really is where he was believing yeah. in his own bullshit. Yeah, I mean, he was able to get that movie made for three like three years they gave him just all the rope in the world to make that out in the jungle and uh and go over budget and everything and then he comes out with it and it's great but i mm-hmm. think uh yeah after that it's just sort of like yeah i'm, I'm just i'm great man <laughs> just anything i do i'm not don't need any yes men 
Well, and then my uh, the the good turn, and which is now turned back into a bad turn, is John Travolta. No. Uh, because when you consider the career that he had in the um, late '80s to early '90s, <laughs> where he's you know, and look who's talking too, and things like <laughs> that, uh, which may have been a low point for him, and then going the Pulp Fiction direction that he was taken on from Quentin Tarantino was really amazing and he and he did a lot of good stuff after that and then he started tailing off again uh but i think overall like he really got a huge turnaround after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah my good one was jason bateman oh, oh yeah. yeah because he was a star when he was a lot younger and then silver he spoons virtually disappeared until arrested development and arrested uh-huh. development made him an a-list comedy star again mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of shocking he ever went away as that because he's such a good straight man. He's yeah. so, so good at comedy, uh, reacting to other wackier people. Um, and I'm glad he made it back. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that will be the Sincast for this week. Keep going to SoundCloud and giving us your opinions. Yeah, keep them coming. We have conversations now, and, and I like it. We're engaging with you beautiful people, and we want to keep it up, so keep those comments coming. Well, and had a lot of lot of listens on SoundCloud recently. It's been an uptick, so yeah, keep it up. Well, and, and after our Rogue One review, where we were a little confused about some things, we sure had some people come out and tell us that uh, yeah. what some of that stuff was. You know, God bless them. Cause yeah, I, and, and by the way, Jen Erso, even if she's bluffing at the end, <laughs> what good is that going to do? She doesn't know that Diego Luna is going to come up behind it. She doesn't even look in that direction unless she's doing like some Magic Johnson no look like, oh, he's going to come up and kill him. So uh, I, I appreciate your point of view. <laughs> you should have seen this. Okay, I'm going to report. I'm going to do a play by play. Barrett had an angry look on his face and then suddenly wiped it off and got sunny to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes we enjoy the conversation so no, keep it going absolutely i i i, I love <laughs> i love hearing all this stuff but uh this is going to be the syncast for this week it's chris Atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time thanks for listening comment on our episodes on our soundcloud page check us out on youtube twitter facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com My wife came back from the grocery today and she says, look what I bought. And I turn and she's holding up a babka. Nice. <laughs> and I go, a babka. And I lean in and it's cinnamon. Oh, right? yeah. And so I go, that's the lesser babka. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you check it for a hair. And she's dying laughing, right? Within five minutes, I'm in trouble because I won't stop making Seinfeld babka references. Like, excuse me, you sold me a hair with a cake around it? <laughs> she said it was awesome. She had a slice of it or whatever she said it was like it tasted like cinnamon rolls but it's real flaky like a croissant Ooh, nice i gotta up my babka game yeah (laughs) first time babka's ever even been in my house are you sure Mm, no (laughs) (laughs) there was a couple that owned that house for like 30 years before me they might have had a babka (laughs) they had a son named babka (laughs) and from I could have even played that off and gotten it through, but I didn't. And, but I didn't. I and went you. I went the other way. 
I do like that uh, Dear Mr. Kennedy song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Adam Driver's the, the third guy. In yeah, 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 yeah. Like, outer space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't you shoot me in outer space. <laughs> I do what I want. You do what I want. Whatever. I'm, I'm, tell me what I can't do. I'm probably going to bring up a movie and a scene from that movie. Shit, baby. Fuck it. Shit, Fuck baby. it. <laughs> you dig it the most. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, everybody seemed to really like that fantasy casting segment with the Christmas movies. So you may want to earmark that as something we return to mm-hmm. down the road. Chris, especially with your diehard recast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. people love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was like five or six comments like, I, I want to watch that movie. <laughs> I want to watch that movie. <laughs> there was a guy on Twitter today with like 600 followers who was like freaking out about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the subreddit there were two guys that were like please do this more this recasting is awesome so wouldn't that be crazy if they actually did remake die hard and they tried to get all those people yeah (laughs) well but yours wasn't besides like the and i think fassbender would get talked into a lesser role like you didn't go over the top well yeah yeah yeah. i went over the top (laughs) the best pick was bradley cooper i'm telling you yeah my god that's just fucking almost almost karmic almost it's supposed to be yeah it's supposed to be let's make sure none of this makes the outtakes (laughs) i'm gonna fuck it up now that's terrible this time i said two movies that start with d <laughs> There's a guy that screenshotted it and posted it to the subreddit. It was like Deadpool starts with D. And like the first comment is like Jeremy is such a troll. It's probably going to be in list of these other two D movies, yeah. but we're going to blow their minds when we actually do it. You yeah. know, somebody in the comments nailed it. They said Deadpool and Die Hard too. There you go. Nice. It doesn't who surprise the fuck? me. There's anymore. always somebody who nails it. Really? Yeah. There's always somebody it's just who does. Basic math. Somebody's going to take a flyer and get it right. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of demons. I'm most impressed but, with the people on Twitter when I give really vague clues. There's like five to ten of them that almost always get close or get it right. Wow. And it was like they they have figured out some way of what what your mental method is for picking the schedule, and they're able to predict it pretty well. Yeah. Boom. Boom. That's what you call a Krusty the Clown take yeah. right there. Hey, hey, I'm talking Krusty. Hey, hey, hey. It's Sideshow Mel. Hey, hey, it's Sideshow Mel. Bada boom, bada bing. Take it from the professionals, kid. All, All right, right, Krusty. Krusty. <laughs>